open trances Going all to different places, different planets Watch your aura pass me by, losing balance What if we run out of time and second chances? Empty-handed You like the fast life You like to drive and get down and dirty like, like the black eye
yeah And you are the time of my life Amaru, yeah Everything I said, but I did it all my way. Oh wow, told you when you came my way, can nobody take your place? Oh wow, you know like the game them play, give it to you straight all day. Oh wow, body do the talking, babe. Baby, if you make man praise, oh wow, yeah. Today, oh wanna, oh do it, la la me. I'm able to make my hot On her body, babe You gon' take my breath away Oh, wow She gon' make magic in the bed Room and I can't wait Big mood In love With you forever Yeah No day or wanna Odo e jinye la lo me Ame budek pek be ma otepe Yeah you bring the energy that I need to charge my life. Charge my and if it do you no wrong, baby. Is what you call a certified beast now. Yeah, he, he's a certified beast. You know, he just don't don't know how to manage his weapons <laughs> properly. You know, right. and uh, we all got our flaws. Right, him you and know. him and Joe Morant got the same problem, huh? Yeah. 
yeah. You know, I'm still trying to figure it all out. I already yeah. know. Everybody feeling this morning though. What's going on? It's a good question. It's a good question. Everybody quiet this morning, man. Feeling great coming off this run. Feeling great. Ooh, you came off that run? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. How far you ran, man? Four miles, brother. Four miles like three, four times a week. Oh. It ain't a long, it ain't a long joint. You know, I've been out there since like five thirty, like five thirty this morning. Ooh. Mile Little four mile. I'm all about that four mile action. All about that four mile action. You know it's funny to him, you know. You're looking at them folk that run them them four mile situations, right? And it's like, you know, you you'll call them out, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't seen this happen. You know, you call out one of them cats that, you know, they 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 uh endurance is intact. In they mess around and get into it one of them, you know, one of them, one of them fools in the club and, and get washed up. Hey, but they'll find out today, they, brother. They'll find out. They, they'll it's find an out. Ugly it's sight. about the endurance, brother. It's about the endurance. <laughs> it's an ugly sight. <laughs> I done seen this happen before, like, many times. And I be like, man, that, man, look, man, look. He was not prepared for what he... <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? You ever seen something like that happen before? Yes, sir. And you be like, damn, you know, he it didn't look like it. I didn't see that coming, but uh man, he man, look, nah, he outlasted. Cool, him. calm, and collected, bro. Yeah. We, we try to be cool, calm, and collected. Just yeah. don't push the push the wrong button. Yeah, and when it went wrong, it just went all the way bad. I didn't seen that happen before. You know, he messed around and got tired and and the endurance then went out and, and <sighs> it's an ugly sight, man. It's an ugly sight. I've seen it. But uh, listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space. Also do a lot of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction, new to the build to rent space. And very, very excited about that. Also proud member of the Accelerator program. Uh, you know, looking to grow and expand in that particular space. Definitely reach out. Uh, we got the two day coming up in August, first week of August. First weekend of August, that's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, everybody that had went to that last one, man, we got extremely rave reviews. It sold out. It was an amazing event, and we're going to be doing it again. Yep, we're going to be doing that again. Well, we're going to be diving deeper into a lot of creative uh, strategies, really, really high-level case studies and intense workshop-style training. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, definitely reach out. We're going to be doing that. But uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, what's going on with you, man? Good morning, good morning. What's good? What's up, everybody? I'm Neil Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur, Lafayette, Louisiana. Full-time real estate, all things real estate. Um, also an educator, man. Got a new group starting July 11th. So Want to learn how to get in real estate, how to find some good deals on your, on your own, get some funding for it. Got to help you out. Um... Man, we got we got got some exciting news, man. What's that? A mastermind coming up in. Oh, we do got a mastermind man. coming up in August. Do we got a mastermind? Huh? Yeah, that's gonna be a beautiful thing. Mastermind coming up in August, so and be on the lookout for that. The link is coming soon. Where that's gonna be at? Miami, man. In the Yammy? We're back in Miami. Ooh. It's gonna be a beautiful vibe. So that's exciting news. Y'all watch out for that. Watch out for that in the emails, text messages, all that. So 
That's exciting, man. Yes, indeed. Shout out. We got another in the building. We also got Anthony Glenn in the building. I'm just saying. I just want to put that out there. Got some good information coming today. We got some very good information coming today. I think uh, this is definitely going to be one of those pen and pad with the Google sitting next to you type of sessions. You definitely want to have a pen and pad plus the Google. Plus the Google. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to just have a pen and pad because you may you may just miss something, you know, that Google may be able to help you out with. This is one of those sessions. This is also one of those sessions that um once you learn these kind of tactics, you're gonna never look at money the same way. Wouldn't you agree with that, old? Yes, sir. You know. Um, everybody, you know, this game is not necessarily played foul. It's not necessarily played. Definitely not played foul. But if you if you understand the rules, if you understand the rules, um, like how we're gonna be talking about today, you know, you can make it, make it a very, very uh, lucrative and great situation for yourself in the future. That that that's what I really want to put out there because. This is going to be one of those kind of discussions. But uh, I say it's, it's important that they pay attention, man. Pay attention, ask questions. Cause you may not get the opportunity to get to ask those questions. That's a fact. That's a fact, man. So before we even move on, I, I just got to highlight somebody real quick. Um, real, real quick. Uh, so tell me this, Larry, are you in the building right now? Are you with us? Yes sir. yes, sir. Good morning. How we doing? Oh, we good. We good. We good. Can you give everybody just a quick, brief introduction to who you are, uh, the type of clients that you represent, and you know some of the some of the sauce that you plan on kind of talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. For those who haven't had the fortunate opportunity of meeting, my name is Larry DeWest III. I own and operate a strategy and consulting firm here in Dallas for work, but we work with clients uh, really all over the United States, primarily business owners uh, who are in growth mode. And our entire goal and premise is to give the 360 degree view of your financial world with respect to tax strategy and tax planning. Uh, to, to keep it very simple, we wanna help you mo- hold on to more of your money and send less of it off to the government. Uh, and so we kind of walk you through a, a growth strategy of not just growing the business, but protecting what you grow from uh, taxation. And then ultimately, how do you legacy plan to make sure that passes to the next generation in the most tax efficient way? And that's a lot of what we'll talk about today is uh, how to reframe thinking around tax strategy and tax planning uh, to be more of a wealth conversation than a uh, um, IRS scare tactic, right? Yeah, Larry, Larry be having, uh, you know, high, high net worth individuals, you know, friendly with the government. We we friendly with the government. And, you know, he's real modest, but, you know, Larry works with very, very extremely high net worth individuals um, and has helped them save in the tunes of millions and millions of dollars that would have been going to Uncle Sam that they were able to keep in their pockets. And this is um, who you're going to be dealing with today. But uh, without further ado, I want to say welcome, everybody, to Dr. 
Ashley V. Wilkerson in the building. How you doing this morning? <laughs> hey, y'all. Good morning. Was that dramatic good enough? Morning. You know, you did so Real good. Dramatic. You That's did. You, <laughs> <laughs> you did so good, friend. You did so good. I put my extra dramatic hat on right there. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, 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 yeah you're way. stepping up. You know, before I get into it, I have to shout out Larry too. He has this group on Facebook called the Strategy Room. Mm. You need to be a part. Why well, ain't heard about that? You need to be a part. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Epic information goes down in there. Videos, content posts, all the things. I'll let him tell you about it though. Just in case. Mm. I like it. It's informative. Very helpful. Appreciate that. Appreciate. I always forget to do uh, uh, these promo style things. I appreciate that that alley oop there. Um, but yeah, the Strategy Room is a uh, a new group that we launched, really to give more access to strategy and planning. It's a completely free Facebook group, and uh, we break down a lot of stuff in there, like the behind the scenes of how all these different uh, wealth strategies and tax strategies actually work. Uh, some business advisory stuff as well. But uh, we we'll do weekly Zoom calls in there, uh, as well as respond to any of the questions in chat. So. It's a, it's a pretty dope group. I'm just saying, Byron, I've been on it for a minute. I'm just saying. Oh, oh, and you kept that to yourself. You just stuck it in your pocket. It's was over pocket. there with your little lollipop in the corner, just quiet. Ooh. Didn't tell nobody nothing. Didn't tell nobody nothing. Sitting no. down, swinging my legs. I know uh, she didn't tell me either, Byron. Boy, the energy is stingy. Wow. Wait a minute. Did I not just tell you all just now? Did I not Sound just- like you've been in the group for months, though. Then I just tell you, listen, don't get upset because I'm an inaugural supporter. Don't, don't, don't do that. Hey, listen, when I was in the corner, I was swinging my legs too. I I believe it. (laughs) I I believe it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Legs just dangling and swinging with your lollipop. With your lollipop. You know how you do? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the lollipop and all. Oh, listen, make sure you all join that room, that club. Great lollipop. (laughs) Make sure you all join that group on Facebook. It's an epic group. I enjoy it. And Larry, are you able to put the link to your group in the chat for them? Since I guess they need to join it too. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'll go ahead and, uh, and Ashley, you a now. grape lollipop or a cherry lollipop? Ew, type of I, I do not like grape. I do not like grape. Okay. I, can't, I can't do grape. You can't do the grape lollipop. You a grape. cherry lollipop do, type. No, I'm a watermelon. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, everybody is watermelon. Everybody is watermelon. So you cheated. <laughs> I'm a watermelon and a strawberry type of girl. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to share his link just in case uh, you have it. I'll do it. Here's his link right here to the Facebook group. So go ahead and request to join it. Don't say I never gave you anything. I just gave you something. No stingy energy my way. <laughs> hey, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for rocking with us this morning. This B-O-B-N-S 
E, business over breakfast, no stingy energy. Tuesday is what we call it, but it's Wednesday. It's our second day of the BLB week. We are here every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're glad that we have so many faithful supporters right here in the building every day with us. What's good? What's good? She was excited to get that out. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I felt that energy. You felt that energy? Mm -hmm. Listen, she got that from who? From me. Oh, okay. All it's right. All yeah, Byron brainwashed my child. She says, mm. what's goody to everything? How's your day? It's goody. What you been up to? I'm goody. You know, just all the things. Thanks, Everybody Byron. Everybody got their thing. Everybody got their thing. We appreciate you sharing yours. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm Dr. Ashley V. Wilkerson. I'm the host and thought leader of the Phenomenal Women Leading Community right here. It's a space that's open to women and men. Thank you all so much for tapping in yesterday where we did a public speaking 101 session. Guess what? I am pulling back the curtains, Byron and O'Neill, and I am teaching people professional tips for public speaking from my 20 plus year career in public speaking. So it, I'm pretty excited about it. It's been pretty epic. I am speaking at the BMW conference taking place August the 30th in Greenville, South Carolina. It is a free conference that's designed for business owners who are minority owners, women owners, and veteran owners. If that's you, the link is in the chat. You're welcome to register for that conference with BMW. Would love to see you there. If you're not able, to join us there that's okay too i do have a group on facebook i'm going to put that link in the chat as well would love to see you there stay tuned right here on clubhouse where i host rooms about public speaking would love to give you some of my pro tips that you can use to improve your public speaking and or your stage presence as well i am here with part one of the bob morning news Listen, Dave Ramsey is facing a $150 million lawsuit for promoting a company accused of fraud. Dave Ramsey is a Christian radio host and personal finance guru. He is facing that $150 million lawsuit filed by listeners on his show who alleged that they were defrauded by a timeshare exit company that advertised on his program. Now, when so, they... So he getting sued because of advertising? No. So, yeah. usually... Yes and no. He's likely getting sued because oftentimes when those advertisements take place, and it's just like with us, when you have those sponsorships, it is assumed that you vetted them. No, so from my understanding, it because he didn't, he didn't uh, say that he he was they sponsored him. He didn't acknowledge that they were sponsors of the show or were it was advertising of the show, and he was acting as if he was. Uh, that he he didn't disclose that he it was a sponsor basically, and because of that now he they're they're saying that he's liable because he acted as if 
it was some he it was like a full throated endorsement without acknowledging that this was a sponsorship. Yeah, I even know that I I didn't even know it was that serious. I didn't know it was that deep. Not only that, but he, he was getting paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month yeah. for that. <laughs> And so anytime you, you know, from my understanding, like, I think it's like some type of law that anytime you are, somebody is doing some type of advertisement with you, you have to disclose that this is, you know, either some type of sponsorship or some type of ad. If not, then you could be, you know, potentially held liable, uh, you know, according to some of the stuff that I kind of read on it, um, it, it, may not go that far but it, it does kind of paint that you know kind of give him that that heads up that hey look you know if somebody is sponsoring what you got going on you got to acknowledge that so that way you are not personally held liable for endorsing something that may or may not be you know what you need to be endorsing so that was the the gist of it from my understanding but in, in addition to in addition to doing a disclosure, there's still supposed to be a vetting process of the legitimacy of the business before promoting it to the masses as a legitimate business too. Yes and no, right? Because ultimately, um, yes, obviously, yeah. I mean, you should always do that. But ultimately, I mean, where does that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope in a month he figured it was good yeah oh yeah that's that's true <laughs> you know byron you know byron he, he you know he, he's he he is death on um on timeshares anyway so he's telling everybody that they don't need to be in the timeshare and well, the, the and company was a timeshare exit company we're getting people out of timeshares wasn't it exactly exactly so he's saying that this if you if you want to get out of your timeshare this is the company to do it with but he did. He probably did not disclose that he was making about thirty million dollars because of what he was telling them to do. Mm. Yeah, that part. So, Don, with that exit company, did they not do what they were supposed to do? Not at all. That's what the suit is about. They were charging people between four thousand and upwards to seventy thousand dollars to exit a timeshare. Uh, and the people were not getting what they paid for. And that's a problem. Every single person? Oh, well, you know, it's not going to be every single person, but it was enough to have a, um, to have a, uh, um, a class action lawsuit. It was enough of them. Bonkers. So stay tuned for the development of that case. Yesterday, I announced the pa unfortunate passing of Ajiki Owens, that's the mo mother of the four children, who was gunned down by her neighbor. That neighbor has officially been arrested in her shooting death. The neighbor's name is Susan Lawrence, and the family wants justice for the murder of their daughter and mother. Little TJ was arrested in New York City for reckless endangerment while on Instagram Live. His lawyer, Don Florio, spoke with TMZ about the incident and shared that TJ was filming a music video in Manhattan 
When police arrived and took him in for reckless endangerment, it's noted that it's unclear what led to the arrest. However, his lawyer made it clear that it was not for gun possession. Hmm. Imagine you're doing a live music video and then they're like, uh-uh. What do you think caused it? You think it was too many black people in one area? He he probably didn't have a he permit. He didn't have a permit. Yeah, he needed a permit. He can't just shoot in New York City. That's just not the way it works. Mm. President Biden announces that Jackson, Mississippi will receive $115 million to address their water crisis. They've allocated this amount to resolve the capital city's water crisis. Legislation announced that they will receive the money for the city's water infrastructure challenges and delivering clean water for all. There were multiple people critically injured after shooting that took place outside of a high school graduation in Virginia. Apparently seven people were shot. Three have life-threatening injuries. Several people were injured trying to get away. One person was hit by a car during the chaos. Now, when does the gun violence end, Byron and O'Neill? How many stories do I have to announce about gun violence in public spaces? Oh man, I don't I don't that's a that's a tough one. I don't think it's getting crazy. Yeah. At a high school graduation? So now that's added to the list. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's one of them things where the only way to really get rid of it is to get rid of the guns. But if you get rid of the guns, the government got too much control. So I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, so just gonna, I don't know. You're just going to take your chances. At this I'm taking my chances at this point. You want to keep your gun. I'm going to keep my gun. And keep the control out of their hands. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. I feel if you don't have no guns, just home robberies, home invasion go increase too. Oh, no, that's a fact. Because somebody going to get them, and it's going to be the criminals that's had the guns. Mm-hmm. You see, that's a problem. I need for every criminal to fully understand that look, they come to my house, it's a strong possibility you may not make it back out. <laughs> yeah, strong. I need for them to know that. Mm. You need for them to be warned. No, I just need for it to be an understood thing. Because see, in Texas, you know that if you run up in somebody's house, it's a strong possibility you may not make it out alive. And I think that's a good huh? thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strong possibility. Mm-hmm. Not it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. settled lawsuit with the woman who accused him of rape. The lawsuit alleges that he raped her over a decade ago. The news was announced on Tuesday before jury selection began that they did come to an agreement and settled. Mm. Man, let me keep my mouth closed. Yeah, because Bill Cosby crazy, is man. back in the news as well with another lawsuit from oh, an Let Bill team. hang out, man. <laughs> Bill ain't got long lives, man. Let that man enjoy his last five to ten years. That's what's happening right <laughs> Maybe now. Three. They Maybe said they two, want his shit. last few years in jail, I guess. You know, it says former Playboy model accuses Bill Cosby of drugging and sexually assaulting her. 
in 1969. Like Come on. Man. This is a Can new sexual assault me? lawsuit in Los Angeles County. The 85-year-old is being sued by former Playboy model Victoria Valentino. I should be right away at the, at the 15 years, man. Can he go back to court again and do this all over again? Like, really? Yeah, no proof, nothing. You know my issue with these? It's fucked up. I, my issue with these, I gotta get this off my chest. I know, I know. Listen, look at me. Y'all, y'all gotta bear with me now. Bear with me. <sighs> my issue with this is, I feel like, listen to all the women who are really, really raped or really, really sexually assaulted. I, I think everybody who, who anybody who's in violation of that should be, I mean, persecuted at the fullest extent of the law. But I do believe, I do believe that it is a is a lot of these women that just be making this stuff up or, you know, not getting what they wanted out of the deal and then they switch up. You know, I've seen this, I've seen this in real life where women, you know, are like a dude and, you know, and you know, the situation go go not how they wanted to go, and then now it's a violation. And it's like, damn. You know, I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's like, how do we fix the lies and address the the real allegations? I think if we could figure out a way to fix the blatant lie, I mean, it'd just be blatant lies. If we could figure out a way to fix that, then I think it'll help fix the 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 the, the other issue too. Because it seems like it's just easy to just say. I mean, at this point, anybody could just say, "Look, man, this guy sexually assaulted me 15 years ago. I won't have." Yeah, man, it's like a hundred women already did it. Why you wait this long? Why I me? Mean, I'm like, oh, let them out. The thing about it is, a hundred women, bro. Do you really believe that this man did that That's to a? Crazy, come bro. on, man. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, th listen, I'm still trying to figure it out. But this what happened, Byron. They actually uh, changed the law on um, the, um, you know. They extended it. And because mm. of that, that's how she came out of the woodwork. Got you. Listen, man, anybody that's that's accused of anything, you know, heinous, like rape or anything like that, listen, you deserve the full-fledged, whatever the, the maximum amount they can give you. But, man, we also got to do something about these lying-ass women, too, because there's a lot of them that be lying, man. They be lying about it, too. Um, and that's that. it can ruin somebody's life. It can ruin somebody's life. And I can easily see how some of these women, you know, they, they have plans and thoughts and ideas as to how this celebrity is supposed to do this in that form. And if they don't get that out the deal, it's like they going to either exploit you for the, you know, willingly or unwillingly. So hey Byron, that happened to me, bro. I, I was falsely accused by, by a woman in the workplace that I turned down, bro. And, and yeah, turned her down. You know, she, she falsely accused me. And the only thing that went in my favor was that, you know, the, the, the business knew my character, my employees, my team knew my character. And she, unfortunately, was loud and proud about what she was doing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot will be told. And it's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing. So, we got to figure that out. Hey, Mark. I think hey, that's Mark. so unfortunate. Mark? Yeah, Mark on bullshit this morning. Can you please uh, get up out the chat? Mark? Okay. I see Mark. Mm -hmm. Mark's trying to get shout outs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
I'm gonna erase right, that. I'm gonna know how to make that, three thousand yeah. in three days for six hundred. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hell of a flip. Ooh. <laughs> All right, y'all. That concludes this morning's news. Listen, we're gonna talk about the top ten ways to avoid taxes legally. Mm. <laughs> Want to make sure we throw that out there. We're gonna get into it. We have a tax strategy expert in the building mr larry the third is in the building he's going to share his expertise with us today want to ask you before we get into it though a huge favor i need a big huge favor i need everyone who can hear my voice at the top of the screen and when you click the link at the top of the screen you're going to that you can sign up for our email please make sure you do that you also want to see two sponsors. One is the Wealth Connect Live 2023. Please click that link and check out the details for the upcoming Wealth Connect Live event taking place in Miami, Florida, June 23rd through the 25th. And also check out our other sponsor, Kind Skip Tracing, where you can get your data credits as low as 2.8, 2.93 per data credit once you've done that once you've put your email in put a done in the chat let us know that you are all the way plugged in pass it over to you thank you for that thank you for that so man top 10 ways to avoid taxes man it's gonna be a beautiful conversation so who here has ever had a tax bill that they didn't like me <laughs> how, how long ago was that Al? yesterday <laughs> from last yesterday yeah from last year man you know we extend them things as far as we can and and last year i had a pretty big tax bill that i didn't that i extended till june and uh i got my letter in the mail yesterday so yeah that I bet you hate to see them IRS envelopes. Man. <laughs> and I'll tell you, my buddy Darren told me last week, he pulled up at his office in Atlanta and saw a strange car in the parking lot, walked in, and there was a strange lady in there. And she was from the IRS and had come to collect a $18,000 check. What? $1,000 IRS agents are not playing. They beating the streets out there. Wait, yeah. man, I ain't never Yikes. heard of that. They pull up to you in person. They pulled up at his office to collect a check. Uh, What's the reason, though? He 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 wasn't paying? No, well, no, he wasn't paying. So what did he do? He immediately got on the phone and called Larry West and assigned that to Larry. And Larry took care of that. And that IRS agent left without a check. Uh, gave Larry power of attorney to handle that so that Larry can go in there and make some adjustments to his to his filing so that yeah it was crazy that's just like a lot man we, we gonna have to hear this whole story what you think bro? man let's listen to it larry how that work man if you don't mind telling us how they how they work larry with us right now oh sorry about that i uh no you know it's been a minute since i've been on clubhouse i forgot you got to come off the mute button to talk man i got you <laughs> Ooh, i got you, I got you. But what makes the IRS pull up to your place of business, man? Like, how does that how does that get to that point? 
Yeah, you know, it could be a, a number of reasons that you get um, field agents that will uh, come to your place of business or even your home. I don't home know. It's a worse feeling. The IRS pulling up on the cops, man. <laughs> you know, it, at least sometimes when the cops pull up, most people know what they did wrong. When yeah. the IRS pulls up, it, it's a panic and it's like, yo, what, what happened? What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, more often than not, it, it's really not a time to panic. It, it is a good time to really get on the horn with your um, tax preparer, tax professional, CPA, EA, or whoever has uh, helped you through these situations. But typically, they send letters before they show up. Uh, and a lot of us sometimes have outdated addresses. We don't update the address on our tax returns and our filings. So those letters go unanswered. Uh, and that's when field agents will get those cases assigned to them. And their only job, their only mission is to show up and collect. You can tell them every kind of story you want to tell them, a reason why. Uh, but their job is really to show up, let you know what the tax bill is and see how soon you're going to pay it. Uh, and in this case, he 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 did immediately get on the phone with us and uh, and call us while the agent was right there. So we got the POAs and everything signed and we got the situation resolved. Um, but it was a matter of working through some historical filings, making sure everything was correct and then presenting that documentation to the agent to get them to um, to review it and, of course, settle. Um, for much lower than what they were initially asking for. Uh, in short, it was a mistake on the filings, and, and we were able to find it and, and get it resolved. Damn. And they want the money, like, right now before they leave. Uh, usually, usually, right? Because, again, their job is really to collect. Um, and so either they're leaving with the payment or they're leaving with a date of promise of when you're going to make the payment. And there's paperwork they have you sign that says, hey, I talked to this person. They explained this. This is when I promised to pay. And all of that is documented um, um, in the event that they issue a lien and or a levy against your account. But yeah, they uh, depending on what type of tax is owed, especially if it involves payroll tax and different things like that, they're fairly aggressive and they want those collections as soon as possible. Oh, and they come with a badge and a gun, too. They are not playing out there. <laughs> Yo, can they arrest you, though? Can they arrest you? <laughs> can they? No, you, usually, usually the agents can't arrest you, right? But if, if there's fraud or something like that suspected, that's when you'll have other three-letter agencies, i.e. the FBI or some other folks involved that actually could arrest you. Um, but that those are, those are usually cases, of, again, of fraud um, where it gets that aggressive. Wow, so Larry, what, what 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 if he didn't call you? What if he didn't know you, um, and and didn't have the money, like nor a, a like a promise to pay? What would have happened? Yeah, so in situations like that, uh, in some cases they will work with you. Sometimes it's the agent directly, and sometimes it's uh, it's a connection with the supervisor, uh, and so they'll they'll walk you through all of these solutions that are available. Uh, but don't make no mistake, the first solution is going to be how soon can you pay, how much can you pay, and how close can we get to this full balance. Um, the interest isn't necessarily getting you on the payment plan. It's getting the full balance owed. Now, if you cannot pay, they will give you uh, some terms uh, or try to offer you some terms in, uh, with respect to a payment plan where the entire balance, depending on how much it is, can be paid off in X amount of time. Sometimes that's 24 months. Uh, sometimes that's 60 months, depending on how much is ultimately owed. And they request a lot of paperwork. Um, you know, everything from they want a full financial statement, right? What are y'all accounts? What are the account numbers? Where What banks are they held at? What's the current balance? Because their entire thing is, look, you owe X amount, and then you've got this in assets. What do we have to liquidate in order to get what you owe us? Wow. 
Man, that's crazy. So the, so let's just say you got a crazy tax bill. The only options they have is pay 24 months or 60 months, or they have a lot of different options depending on what what papers that you present. Yeah, depending on the facts and circumstances, there are different options. The more obvious ones are, are the payment arrangements. Um, for balances that are below 25000 those are super easy to get set up. And they call those streamline agreements. You can set those up yourself online at irs.gov. And basically, you can stretch that out over 72 months, over six years. There is interest attached to it, and they, they usually charge about $40 or so to, to get that set up. And that's easy for balances under 25. For balances under 50,000, so like 25 to 50,000, those are a bit more involved. There's extra paperwork you got to fill out, but those aren't too tough to get set up either. That's when you do have to start to give additional information like automatic debits. So they want to know what account is this going to come from? It needs to be automatically ACH'd and debited, uh, not paychecks or not checks sent in or anything like that. And once your balance is float above 50,000, it gets hairy. That's when they want the personal financial statement. They want all your assets and they want a reasonable payment put in place. Uh, and that's a shorter time. That's Those aren't going to be stretched out over 72 months. Uh, those are usually going to be 24, 30 months, 36 months or something like that uh, to get those balances paid off. And in some cases, this is where we hear those advertisements on TVs. I settled my $100,000 tax debt for pennies on the dollar. What they're referring to are what are called offers and compromise. Um, let me just preface this by saying those are historically hard to get. The advertisements, as good advertisement does, makes it sound like a piece of cake. Uh, but they're not a piece of cake. They typically take six months, sometimes even a couple of years to get put in place. And the statute of limitations on your debt is paused while that offer and compromise is being reviewed and or negotiated. So those um, uh, uh, tax commercials can be a bit misleading at times. Now, can it happen? Yes. But essentially, what do you have to do? You got to prove that you're broke. If you owe them X amount of dollars, you have to prove that you are so broke that there's no way that they can collect this money before the statute of limitations expires. And if you're able to do that, then you can negotiate a smaller debt than what's owed. Um, but if you're not able to do that, then a payment plan is about as good as it gets. Otherwise, they will get aggressive and issue liens and levies. Now, what are those? Levies basically mean they go into your account, any account that has your name attached you to it, doesn't matter. Money. They take it right out. Doesn't matter if it's a joint account with your spouse or not. They will take it if your name is on there. Um, and a, a lien is basically a judgment against your property, right? And so think about the equity in your house. They'll place a lien against your home. And if you ever sell that home, they get paid. Of course, yes. after the bank gets paid, uh, but they get paid uh, before you see a dime. Man. You going crazy already. I got a question though, man. I want to take it back. So when they say, um, you know, let's just say you owe a certain amount. I think you said about 50000 That's when they want to see like a personal financial statement, all the things that you owe. When they get, when they gather all that information, everything that you put on that personal financial sheet, you know, let's just say two years later down the line, you still didn't pay. That's when they start taking those items like your house, car, et cetera, they go on that part for personal financial statement sheet, see what you have, that's a value, and that's when they go take those items. I know sometimes people lose like certain things. Yeah, so so that that could be a catalyst for it. So if, if you stop paying, you stop responding to collections, and they have to move to those aggressive measures, then yeah, when you give them that personal financial statement, you've ex ex essentially given them the, king, the keys to the kingdom. 
Now they have other ways of finding this stuff out anyway, right? Um, they have a number of ways of figuring out where you work and garnishing wages, figuring out what institutions you bank at and issuing they put their uh, levies. They system, I'm sure they all pop up. Yeah, yeah, and it all pops up. Like we're so interconnected with data, they got a lot of ways of finding this stuff out. But having that personal financial statement uh, certainly does make it a bit easier, uh, especially for assets like vehicles and homes and things like that um, that they can find and, and attach as a uh, um, as a lien. So the moral there, though, the moral of the story there is one, make sure your address is updated so you get all correspondence. They don't call you. They will either show up and or mail you a letter. Typically, a letter comes first and respond to the letter. There are so many folks that we see that have letters stacked up. Don't not open those. Open them, see what they want. Sometimes it's not even as scary and then respond or have your tax professional rather respond appropriately so that you don't get to the point of liens and levies. Mm. Man, get this goofy ass dude off stage. <laughs> I can't even hear what they're saying. Yeah, anyway. Uh, man, that's great. That's a, that's, that's a lot of information, real quick, man. So let's just say you got a tax bill of 25000 is there any way you can negotiate negotiate that? Like straight out the bet, or you got to pay yeah. the twenty five? Depends on if you have the means to pay it, right? Uh, again, the the negotiating part where people think that they can negotiate a lower balance due, they don't negotiate tax. If you made the money, you owe the tax. There's there's no negotiating there. Where where, where it gets to the offer and compromise is if you can legitimately prove that within the statute of limitations, which is typically ten years that there's no way that they'd be able to collect this 25,000 from you. Um, and they examine everything. They examine your work, work history. Um, they examine your current assets, your business, how it's performing, how it's going to perform, uh, the, the last few tax returns that you filed. And they make a judgment on, uh, and there's a formula, right? It, it's not an arbitrary thing. There's an actual formula they use. But they make a judgment on how likely they are to collect. And if they are likely to collect before statute of limitations, there's no pay. Uh, there's no um, reduction of debt. You can the best you can do is a payment arrangement uh, and pay the balance. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, that's a beautiful conversation, man. Jesus Christ. Sorry, right, let's get into it, man. I don't even think we got into it yet. So let's get into it. What would you say is the number one way people could avoid paying a huge tax bill? That you know, a lot of people. Typically, um, that makes a lot of money, just overlooks for the most most part. Yeah, you know, I, I think the primary thing to do before we get into like deductions and, and, and all of those things is to form a relationship with a trusted tax advisor um, and have proactive meetings with them throughout the year while you're making the money and not so much after the year ends after the money has been made. Um, so that's going to be the the primary thing. Whoever whoever is preparing your tax return, that's that's one thing. But you also want either that person or someone else to review your current year situation. So for example, we're we're sending out Q2 meeting requests here over the next um, over the next week or two to talk about 2023. There's nothing, even though we have returns on extension, there's nothing left for us to discuss with 2022. That book is closed. So we're talking about 23 and going forward. And those are the kind of conversations that, that folks will want to have because the planning, the strategies happen on the proactive side and not so much the reactive side. 
Um, and then from there, we, we can get into the philosophies in terms of, um, you know, how business ownership and investment is, is probably a better way to go than strictly W-2, although you have options on the W-2 side. But number one, above all else, a great relationship with your tax strategist and advisor is going to be the primary goal uh, to start saving. Gotcha. Well, I got to, um, Miss Annette, are you with us? Miss Annette. Yes, I'm here. All right, cool, cool. I want to know what's the difference between the office that you have, what do you do when it comes to taxes, and then we could talk about the, the difference between your office and Mr. Larry. Okay, so pretty much Mr. Larry, is, he would know more, um, like, information than I do. Like, we have an H&R block. I mean, it's well it's set up like an H&R block. So we only do, like, people with W-2s or that are self-employed. So, like, he was talking about, like, all the issues when you get letters and, you know, like, helping people get out of, you know, tax trouble. We do not do that. So I'm just like, you know how you got a McDonald's? Uh, 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 <laughs> so you do, <laughs> or, like, the basic the basic tax yeah, returns. Yeah, we like a we like H&R blocks, Liberty Taxes. We like the fast food of the tax businesses. So a gotcha. lot of people within those, uh, you know, tax preparation stores, do not have, you know, we, we're not accountants and we don't have the knowledge that Mr. Larry has to that extent. Cause with, you know, like doing taxes is like, it's easy. They set up a software. You just look at the Plug W2 and, and you, and you just make sure it matches, you know, on the software and everything is computed. So that's the difference. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Um, so, and what do you do exactly Larry? So basically, Miss Annetta, you do kind of like anybody that has like one, two jobs, maybe just simple. No, clean. they can have several jobs. Yeah, or, but like straight W two is not complicated. Correct or self employed, like you know they uh d uh, you know they only have a DBA or something like that. Like usually gotcha. when you do taxes, a lot of people coming there within the urban communities are not familiar with you know setting up their corporations or. You know, um, you know, like they'll have they like have their, you know, their actual um, invoices written out, you know, things of that nature, like just real light. But Mr. Larry, like I probably would be his I know I would be a good client for him because, you know, I do over. You know, eight, eight, seven figures a year high, gotcha. in, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, eight figures a year on the actual, you know, I do eight figures a year collectively with all my businesses. So pretty gotcha. much like I will, I will go to him. I'm not going to go to, uh, go to Annette Powell to get her tax <laughs> or H&R Block. No, gotcha. tax planning involved. Anil, let me, let me help you too. So what Annette does, well, what Larry does is he's the strategy piece. And then after the strategy piece, you could go see a Larry, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I mean, you could go see Annetta after the strategy. By the time you see Annetta, it's too late because the year is over with. You see Larry on the front end of the year, so he can tell you how to prepare so that you don't have to write those checks at the end of the year. That's the difference. I like it. I like it. So the reason for my question was because, you know, a lot of people get into business, you know, they're doing business at a certain level. 
A lot of people don't even have knowledge of a tax strategy. A lot of people don't have knowledge of CPAs. They just go to uh, the aunt that been doing taxes for the last 20 years in her backyard <laughs> and expect her to get everything right. And then they get mad at the aunt when the IRS starts sending them letters talking about, you know, they owe a certain amount of money. So, you know, I always try to tell people, like, get yourself in the right rooms like this so you can go to the right people at the beginning and not have to fumble and go back and change stuff in the last two, three years because you've been going to your aunt and been doing taxes, simple taxes for the last two to three years or 10 years, and yours is more complicated than that. And do y'all typically see those situations, uh, Larry? Like yep. people that's just getting, like your new clients. Yep, yep, we, we, we typically do see those. Um, and, it, and it's really just an education piece at that perspective of, um, of coaching through, hey, here's how you change the frame of mind of thinking uh, when it comes to, uh, to tax strategy and, and planning, especially with a business owner that's getting everything up and going. Right, because the the initial goal, of course, is cash flow. Right, how how do we stabilize the business to make sure this thing is viable, and then as your business grows more profitable, that's when we can start having the conversation about the uh, advanced strategies and and things that we can start to get into. But without that initial focus, that initial kind of foundation set, there's not a lot that happens on the back end. Um, there's there's really no tax planning to do if the company isn't profitable, because uh, everything ends up as, as a loss and as a wash at that point. But as as that maturation happens for the business, we start to get into, all right, now we can move past basic deductions like home office, paying your kids and those things on into more advanced planning. How do we do the retirement planning? Do we get into advanced um, uh, legacy planning where we start talking about trusts and estates and different things like that? So it's all a progressive kind of a, a process that you essentially go through and it follows the growth and trajectory of your business. I love it. I love it. So at what point should they stop going to the smaller offices and start going to somebody like yourself? At what point in their business? Yeah, I think the more obvious point is when you get a tax bill that you don't like and you can't get the strategy and the advice that you're that you're looking for. Uh, that's that's I think the the first indicator. Uh, but to be more on the proactive side, it's once you know that your business is primed for growth, right? We all go through the startup phase. We lose money the first year or so because we've got to kind of get the business up and going. But the moment we see profitability, that's when taxes it should be at the top of mind. So at that point. If you can't have the conversation with your tax person, that's when it's time to um, start to look for a strategist who can come in and really give some insight and advice. And I also want to say that this doesn't mean you have to leave your tax preparer. I think we have phenomenal tax preparers out there. Not every preparer is a strategist. And so essentially, you're going to make the jump from just having preparation done to having another set of consulting or advisory eyes to give you strategy to continue to move it forward. Uh, and not every strategist does tax prep. So sometimes you've kind of got two parties there. Uh, and sometimes it's under one umbrella. But for the most part, the, the moment you see profitability, you certainly want to start thinking about proactive tax planning. I love it. I love it. Man, I'll be honest. I think the people, why they, um, like to go to the aunties and, and, and cousins that do tax in the back. You know why they are scared to uh, talk to people like you guys? Because I think they're scared of the price, man. I think we uh, we don't take that that part of our business serious. Do you often see that? Like people see the price and be like, ah, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and pay this this three hundred and let her let her do that. 
she gonna give me some money back. If I go to you, <laughs> I gotta pay three thousand, and you gonna make me pay some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we and that that happens quite a bit. Uh, the the number of times we've had those uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations about last year I got a refund now I owe money and I paid you <laughs> so that oh, that does uh, come up so I crazy that uh, you think that sound when people say that. uh I you know <laughs> I, I've heard it enough to where it, I'm a bit numb to it now but here's the reality um it's ROI because oftentimes when you have the hey I got a refund last year um but now I owe this year well one did you make money Right. So let's let's start there. And, and it's not suggesting that you need to pay taxes on every single dollar. Everyone pays their fair share. But if you're profitable, tax is going to follow. If you try to be so aggressive and write everything off, then we have the conversation of, hey, what did you do to my taxes? I can't get a loan mm. <laughs> that that then pops up and it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. And so where, where we start to steer that conversation is is more around the uh, idea of, look, the whole purpose of a business is to be profitable. If you're not building your business as a venture to uh, pass down or as a venture to sell, then essentially you just kind of created a job. And we know what happens with jobs you typically pay a higher tax anyway. So if you if you really want to have the conversation about strategy and planning, let's optimize the business for profitability. Make sure we got the cash flow to support any tax bills, and then we'll do as much planning as we can to get that number as low as possible. But you want to be positioned as a legitimate business. We've had conversations in this room and others about business credit, uh, conversations in this room about business growth, and the more successful people have tax bills along the way. They've done strategy and planning to get it as low as possible, but if you're profitable, you're going to pay some tax. Now, everybody wants the Donald Trump plan, the Jeff Bezos plan, where you pay less in tax than your, uh, your secretary. We'll talk about what that looks like because that's more ownership of assets, and that's when you get out of operating the business and become more of an investor. But along that road, tax implications are going to be there. Your job is to get that number as low as possible, not necessarily completely wipe it out. Mm. I have a question for you. So like like some of my clients, like when they hit like $40,000 and they're still like a classified like an LLC and we're like, OK, it's time to start thinking about like, do you need to start running payroll? Like when is it a good way for a person to know like it's time to start thinking and putting yourself like a W-2 so then when you're filing taxes, you're not being double taxed? Yeah, you know, I, I love that question. So when when and this is this is this will preface into structure a little bit. Um, LLCs, part LLCs taxes partnerships, the owner, the partners, do not pay payroll. No W two at all. Single member LLCs, LLCs taxes partnerships. The owner does not take payroll, regardless of where you heard what you heard where you heard it. It's explicitly outlined on the IRS's website as well. Uh, but generally, your, your advisor should push you in that direction. The only time you're running payroll as a owner or as a partner is if you're structured as a corporation, that being an S corporation or a C corporation. Um, that's the only time payroll is involved. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with LLC partnership, then I'll jump to corporation. LLC partnership, how do you pay yourself? You typically take a distribution from the company. That essentially is writing a check from the company to yourself personally, or however you own the uh, however you own the entity, and that's a owner's distribution. You can have what are called guaranteed payments. That's probably beyond the scope of today's conversation, but it works the same way. It's a check directly from the company to you, not through a payroll service provider. When you make the decision to be taxed as a 
corporation, more specifically an S corporation, that's when payroll comes into play. And that's where the IRS says the officer has to run a reasonable compensation, i.e. the officer who runs the company needs to put themselves on payroll. When does it make sense to become an S corporation? Every professional is going to have a different number. We, we've changed our stance on this, really. Um, for those in the room that, who have heard us historically, we used to say around $50,000 of profitability. An S corporation almost makes immediate sense at that point. Uh, but with the way prices are changing, we, we've kind of changed our stance, and we think profitability should be a bit higher than 50K before you make the decision to become an S corp. Uh, and what you're essentially saving when you become an S corporation is payroll tax, that's Social Security and Medicare tax. And so the cost of compliance, meaning filing your tax return every year, maintaining books every year, uh, as well as running um, compensation and payroll, that cost used to be around two to 3,000 a year. I think with inflation and, and probably just rising service costs, that's probably closer to three to $5,000 a year. So in terms of a break-even point, I think if you're profitable beyond 50K, it needs to be a conversation, uh, but each each individual is going to have a unique situation. I don't think everyone needs to be an S corporation right away just because they're profitable. Um, so it's kind of a, a roundabout answer, but I hope that kind of got at what, what you were asking. Oh, yeah, I love it. And then would you say if somebody's not really ready for that, they still should still implement like an accounting system so they're keeping track of their profit and loss to the business. So when it's time to do that, they can look at and see how much money um, they're actually making in the business to see if it's time to even restructure the way they're structured, right? Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, our, our, our precision growth model, the, stru the structure that we, we've rolled out and that we put people through, if you don't have accurate financial data, if your books aren't up to date, then there's nothing we can do for you. We can't service it. And so the, the bookkeeping, the basic financial structure of bookkeeping needs to be on point uh, initially before the advanced conversations can, can happen. Uh, and that needs to happen the moment you start making a dollar. Excel is going to be great, but Excel is manual entry everyone at some point will need to graduate to a um, system like QuickBooks, Zero, Sage, or something of the like. I have a Thank question. you, I appreciate it. That's all my questions. Can I ask one question? Yeah, go ahead, Dover. All right, so uh, I got a statement and then a question. I would say for those who are in real estate and such, and this is a, a question for Larry as well, like I had a friend who was actually in real estate and he went to regular smuggler, you know, tax preparer, but he was, you know, heavy in real estate and they prepared his taxes for him, but they prepared them incorrectly. And uh, those agents showed up at his door. So it wasn't until, you know, he told a mentor, you know, what happened and the mentor set him up with a proper uh, tax strategist that specialized in real estate so they could have everything allocated in the right codes. So if someone was to come to you, Larry, with that situation, you know, would you, do you, do you prefer them to go to, you know, somebody who's specialized in certain industries? Like maybe if they got their own boutique, they run in a real estate business, et cetera, et cetera, because you know, the H and R blocks, they don't know how to allocate those funds in the right codes and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, we, we do suggest that people that are very heavily involved in a uh, singular industry 
work with uh, professionals who specialize in that industry. We happen to specialize in the real estate space uh, specifically, but we'd, we'd not be the best place to come to if your business was oil and gas, uh, for example. We, we just don't have the expertise and knowledge in that space. And so I do think it's important that if you're very heavily vertical in a particular industry or space, your professional should also be niched down in that space because they're gonna know nuances that you just, that other preparers, that generalists just don't know. Um, and so I, I do think that's the best approach as you're looking for who the, uh, who the best person is to work with, uh, someone who knows your space inside and out. Generalists are, are great, right? We all have a primary care physician that we go see, but the moment we have a brain tumor, we're going to see a neurosurgeon, right? Someone who specializes specifically in there. And I think tax and, and professional services for that matter are, are no different. You definitely want someone who is precise in that particular industry. Okay, and then my last uh, question is, can you elaborate? Uh, Cause I don't think a lot of people know the difference between a bookkeeper, a CPA and a tax strategist, because I don't think a lot of people know, just like you was explaining, that Excel isn't going to work that long. You know, you got to get a QuickBooks and a bookkeeper can keep track of your uh, expenditures and your upcoming finances and stuff like that. Can you expound on that, please? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so th this is all about the evolution of business. And as you grow along the lines and how your professionals are going to change uh, as, as you grow as well. Um, the, the first thing everyone needs is a bookkeeper. And I know we all have the immediate instinct that I can do this myself, uh, but let me tell you, no, you can't. Probably the first couple of transactions, yes, but after that, you're gonna need a bookkeeper uh, who understands um, not just your industry, but understands accounting and bookkeeping at a high level to handle that for you. It's all about best use of time. If you're spending hours doing bookkeeping, those are hours you're not spending generating revenue for your business, and that's the primary focus and goal. So outsource that immediately to a good bookkeeper. From the bookkeeper, you then need a tax preparer. Your tax preparer comes in di with different credentials. You have CPAs, uh, certified public accountants, you have EAs, enrolled agents, and then you have CTCs and all these different types of designations. Regardless of what the designation is, they need to know tax preparation. Your bookkeeper doesn't always know tax prep. Your tax preparer uh, should know some things about bookkeeping, but that, that, that doesn't mean that they're a good bookkeeper. So you want to make sure that you have good professionals that are solid in both of those areas. Then as you start to elevate, uh, every, everyone, I think the public is very familiar with the CPA uh, as a designation. It's, it, it's one that, that radiates trust and, and, and different things throughout the environment. Uh, but not all strategists are CPAs and not all tax professionals are CPAs. Enrolled agents are specifically um, individuals licensed by the IRS that, that focus exclusively on tax. CPAs are public accountants, and so they, they have a very good idea of public accounting, whether that's accounting and or, uh, and or tax. Regardless of the credential, again, it's someone who understands taxation uh, with respect to your industry that can give you proactive insight and advice. That's gonna be the next step that you start to elevate to. Um, and then internally with your accounting, Eventually, as your business grows, you're going to move from a bookkeeper to an accountant, onto a controller, onto a CFO. And that's really a testament to how your business grows and what type of data you need access to uh, and how, how fast you need that access. I have one more question for you. Now Before we go to your... 
before we go to your question, thank you so much. Listen, we have received so much value and we've only been in today's episode for one hour. It is the top of the hour. So we're going to do a quick reset so we can get back to it. Great questions, great dialogue. If you've learned at least one thing so far in this first hour of the day, put a number one in the chat. Let us know that there is a lot of value going on in today's discussion. So put a number one in the chat if you've learned at least one thing so far. I want to say special thanks to our guests today who contribute so much. So far, we've had Annetta Powell in the conversation, answering questions, providing feedback. We have our very own Larry D. West III tapping in, giving incredible feedback today based on his profession and expertise. And you all get to ask them questions directly during today's segment. If you're not on the stage to ask your questions, you can put questions in the chat and we will get to as many of them as possible. Thank you all so much for being here with us today as we talk about the top 10 ways to avoid taxes. I'm Dr. Ashley B. Wilkerson. I'm here with part two of the B.O.B. News. Chris Christie has officially filed to run for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Are you going to vote for him, Byron? (laughs) Probably not. He keeps saying probably not to everyone. That's a strong no if he say probably. Oh, okay. It's the politically correct version. It just sounds better, you know? It sounds better to say probably. The politically correct version of no. Got it. Got it. After months of evasion, basketball star Shaquille O'Neal has been served in a case involving collapsed cryptocurrency exchange FTX. The legal documents were served this past Tuesday. They were delivered to the former athlete and current inside the NBA analyst during the broadcast of the Miami Heat-Boston Celtics playoff game in Miami, according to their attorney. The complaint is part of a class action lawsuit alleging that O'Neal and other celebrities defrauded FTX investors by appearing in advertisements for the crypto trading platform O'Neill hid from process servers for months before being tracked down at the Kesea Center, formerly called the FTX Arena, according to CBS Money Watch. I feel like, feel like you're attacking me every time you see O'Neill. <laughs> well, are, you being served, are you being served a lawsuit? Oh. I don't think it's fair to them. They got paid by these companies. They 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 ain't know what they was getting into. It was just advertised or or endorsement deals. You know, well, they I go mean? back to that, that same they, thing with uh Dave Ramsey, Ramsey. same type of joint. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I just seen that. That's, he getting hit with 150 mil. That's crazy. Yeah. For the man, first Shaq time, ain't never been in trouble, man. Damn. I feel like you feel some kind of way because of the O'Neill connection. Shaq a good dude, man, you know, for the he kids, a little sheriff in every damn town. He a sheriff out here in Lafayette. 
I think he's sheriff in like 11 cities or something like that. Is he? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. He, he got, got pulls. He got major pulls. He got, he got made. He carried that badge anyway. Even in LA, he got one. And he got the key to the city, but nobody knows that for him. He's legit a dude that's like, he does everything. Yeah, you don't like, never see him in trouble. Like him or somebody like Snoop. That's exactly what I was thinking. Him and Snoop got pulled everywhere. They ain't every, everybody's endorsing. Every commercial, every advertisement, never in the news yep. or nothing negative. In the Pivot podcast, Snoop even mentioned uh, that Shaq, you know, he said, yo, if you call Shaq, he'll pull you any direction you want to. He said he ain't stingy with the bread. So that's how Snoop got those endorsement deals with uh, the General Insurance Company. Well, I hope this is resolved because Shaquille O'Neal overall is a highly respected individual. So I hope this is resolved soon um, on his behalf. For the first time in its four-decade history, America's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer civil rights organization has declared a national state of emergency for members of the LGBTQ+. Community, the Human Rights Campaign said on Tuesday, quote, LGBTQ plus Americans are living in a state of emergency. The multiplying threats facing millions in our community are not just perceived. They are real, tangible and dangerous. In many cases, they are resulting in violence against LGBTQ plus people, forcing families to uproot their lives and flee their homes in search of safer state and triggering a tidal wave of increased homophobia and transphobia that puts the safety of each and every one of us at risk. Welcome to the black neighborhood. Next. <laughs> my Not next. Oh my gosh. Sprinter Jim Hines, once the world's fastest man, passed away at 76. He was the first man to run 100 meters in under 10 seconds. They are now rolling out double-decker airplanes. They said that this is the future of economy flying. So the double-decker airplanes has a up level and a lower level in the same row on the airplane. So stay tuned for that. Imagine being at an event is someone pulling your drinking glass, the DNA off of it, and then you're charged with sexual assault for four women. That recently happened to a young gentleman in Boston who was at an event, Matthew Nilo. He now lives in New Jersey and his DNA was pulled from a cup and he has been charged for three counts of aggravated rape and two counts of Damn. kidnapping, one count of assault with intent to rape, and one count of indecent assault and battery, according to the district attorney's office. Mr. Nilo maintains his innocence. Bro, that's crazy. Wait, his cup was at the his cup was at the scene. Hold on, I, I may have better, missed that. What better, happened? Better drinkers out of truck. He was at an event and his drinking class was his drinking glass was pulled and his DNA was pulled from the drinking glass. So maybe he was being followed, but the FBI agents were able to obtain utensils and drinking glasses he used. 
That's terrible. Wait, okay, so it was actually question. a corporate event. Mm-hmm. So, question. So, how they know that it was just DNA? Is our DNA in the FBI system just locked in like that? I know we got a lot of conspiracies out there, but it just followed back to him, or he was already a past criminal that they already had it on record. It's a good question. So they, they is- probably set him up. They probably took the cup and then, you know, then they probably took a specimen from him to prove his innocence. Hey, what you doing? Man? We could just take a DNA sample and knowing they already had DNA and then they, you know, probably nailed him like that. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, somebody was following him. Absolutely. So somebody identified that was his glass. When he walked away, they grabbed the glass, right? I mean, they, they had to have been on it and on him. So it yeah. says... <clears throat> It says FBI agents were able to obtain utensils and drinking glasses Nilo used at a corporate event. The Boston Police Crime Lab then pulled a DNA profile from one of the glasses, which matched the suspect profile in the three rape cases. Investigators also analyzed DNA found on a glove of the victim in the December 2008 assault case. According to the release, she had poked her attacker's eyes during the incident, prosecutors said, but no forensic link was made at the time further testing determined that this profile was 314 times more likely to belong to matthew nilo than any other male in the population his attorney is saying that the government obtained dna evidence without a proper search warrant that's interesting if that's your only defense for that uh, it's too bad that's some foul shit motherfucker gotta walk around with alcohol pads in his pocket and wipe the cup off when you leave and shit. <laughs> every cup i drink out of every cup break everywhere it, spoon at the restaurant <laughs> yeah man wipe this motherfucker hey. down Hey, you gotta be careful that that Give my steak on a paper plate. Give my steak on a paper plate. <laughs> him and time. his steaks. I tell you, him and his steaks. Listen, though, but, okay, I understand one side of it being unfair, but on the other side of it, how long should he be able to evade if he did it? Exactly. Don't be a damn criminal. I mean, why are we, I mean, I'm confused. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you did it, this is like four different women. If you did it, then you shouldn't be able to evade for, I mean, whatever tactic they come up with to catch you, listen, but you did it. Listen, he ain't been able to run for long. I mean, hell, Bill Cosby about 95. He still faced cases from the 60s. So uh, he was going to get caught eventually if he did it. But I'm just saying, it was just crazy how they got the DNA and all that. I was just oh, saying. Is mm-hmm. his own defense of raping four women? His ass is toast. I'm just saying. Hell yeah, he done. Listen, I don't know about you all, but in my neighborhood, there are a ton of cats. And according to CNN, they are now coming up with a non-surgical cat contraception to help curb overpopulation. There are an estimated 600 million domestic cats in the world, and 80% of them are stray animals. They're trying to help. Huh? Nobody want them. 
Well, the ones in my neighborhood are claimed. These these cats are spoiled, but there are a ton of them all over. <laughs> and I did not realize there were that many where they're coming up with controls for them. So now There's a million I, I, of them just ran through Mexico, walking through Mexico. They everywhere. I seen everywhere. two yesterday. It's crazy. Hey. And Costa Rica. Don't forget Costa Rica. Oh, oh yeah, them, they was everywhere. I'm allergic to them. I was moving my legs everywhere. Like, Whoa, what the fuck cat doing over here, man? I'm at the allergic restaurant. Human cat. <laughs> the restaurant. They should go ahead. They should go ahead and reach them in, in, in New York and Manhattan to get all the damn rats going around. Just go ahead and let them loose. That'd be the, the Oh, no, Darby. Them, them rats in Manhattan bigger than the cats. Like cats. They're they going to win. <laughs> they're bigger than cats in New York. Yes, Matter they fact, are. Darby, oh, my God. They're huge. They made huge. the news. Um, the rats in New York made the news because after... Rat famous? Well, yeah, after COVID and stuff, they were saying that the rats were going to get extremely hostile because of the decline in food. And they had an actual warning in New York about uh, the hostility of rats in that area. I'm just saying it was a thing. It was in the news. So we're going to get back to it. Top 10 ways to avoid taxes. So glad that you all were engaged in the news you can use segment. <laughs> from the No Stingy Energy community. Wanna let you know that we have two sponsors of our community. They help make this possible. Every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you click the link at the top of the screen, you will see Kind Skip Tracing. Kind Skip Tracing is one of our sponsors. You can get your data credits for as little as three cents, 2.9 cents, 2.8 cents per data credit so make sure you tap the link at the top of the screen to learn more about kind skip tracing also want to let you know about the wealth connect live 2023 that is taking place june 23rd through the 25th the link is available at the top of the screen you can click that link make sure you save it bookmark it share it and then most importantly purchase your ticket to see rick ross Dr. Myron Golden, our very own Alvin Hope Johnson. And this is created by the visionary Annetta Powell, who's also on the stage with us today. You can join the No Stingy Energy crew at this event in Miami, Florida, June 23rd through 25th. Tickets are as low as $297. For under $300, you can be in the building. So make sure you click the link at the top of the screen to learn more. We're going to get back into it. Top 10 ways to avoid taxes. Passing it over to you. Hey, if y'all been enjoying Larry West, man, let me put some flames in the chat if y'all been enjoying Larry, man. You've been dropping a lot of game. Lot What'd of you game say, before. Larry the Goat? That's what you said on there? Larry the Goat. <laughs> Larry the Goat. Shout out to Los, man. Happy birthday to Los Callahan. Shout out to Los. Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Good looking. Good looking. Happy birthday to my guy. My guy. Happy birthday. I I need six people, man. Six people, man. I need six people to go click that link in the chat. We just need six more subscribers till we hit a thousand, man. Who's gonna be them six? Need six on the YouTube channel, six people. Go ahead and click that link and hit that, man. It's free. 
let's let's get back into the conversation, man. It was a beautiful conversation. Uh, Al, man, how you feel about these taxes, man? I know you do a lot of businesses, man. How you feel about taxes? Oh, man, you got to have a phenomenal strategist, man. Uh, you got to put like this. The more proactive you are, the less you pay. The more you mm. wait, the more you pay, man. You got to be on it. I'm already having conversations and forecasts in 2024, man. And moves I need to make this year. So when my taxes are prepared next year, we're being as tax efficient as possible. And we're doing that by acquiring assets, man. So, you know, Larry kind of spoke about it earlier. Uh, you know, once you get to a certain profit level, the best way I, I feel is depreciation. You just got to buy assets that cash flow and assets that you can depreciate to offset the net operating income from your business. And then one thing that we do, uh, we use the real estate professional designation. And uh, my wife actually uses that to help offset the income from the state farm business. So, uh, you know, just being laser focused and, and locked in and, you know, buying things that produce income. So that's that's kind of like your tax strategy. When it comes well, yeah, to man, it's 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 lightly. It's be I know you don't want to tell us everything, but lightly, what well, does that I do? I mean, I, I keep it a bean. I I mean, um, it's very hard for me to tell an IRS agent, "Hey, man, I'm a real estate professional," which I actually am, but they're gonna look at the income I make out of the insurance space or the trucking space and say, "No, you're not," because you're making a lot of money over there. So. Um, my wife puts a lot of work in on, uh, you know, the bookkeeping, uh, property tours, you know, uh, property management, things that are required to get the necessary hours needed to be a real estate professional. And then we use, uh, you know, depreciation and other real estate related expenses to offset the income from a lot of other businesses. But it's getting harder and harder and harder to do it the more income you make. So you and, and with the rates going up, you're not just gonna buy anything because you want to buy something in cash flow, not just buying something to get a you know a deduction from paying Uncle Sam. So it gets more complex the more you do it, and you know that's why you gotta have a good tax strategist and to be proactive about your tax planning. And it's okay to pay taxes; you just want to pay the you know you want to be Minimal efficient amount, in the most tax. Yeah, absolutely, right? Because you want to be bankable, but you don't want to be overpaying either. And, you know, one thing that's really important is that with depreciation, that income can, I mean, that can be added back as an income. So it doesn't impact your ability to borrow, but it impacts the taxes that you pay. And for me, wealth is never selling assets. So if you can mm. keep that asset and never sell it, you're generating some significant wealth and you don't have to worry about. Okay, oh, yes, you got to run that back. You got to yeah. run that back. We'll say it one more time. Wealth is what? Uh, hey, wealth is when you don't have to sell an asset, you know? And and, and by... Brian's not here, Byron's on, but I, you know, I would tell him that all the time, bro. Y'all got to start holding what you're selling, man. And I love to see the 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 moves they've been making, man. They, they've been scooping up a lot of assets. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to do very, very well. But you, what I was saying is when you when you keep the assets, you don't have to worry about depreciation recapture is when they give you that income back. And Larry can speak more on that because he's a tax professional. I'm not a tax professional. I know the tax code a little bit. I just know what I need to buy to eliminate what I need to pay. And we just right. rinse and repeat it. I got a yeah, question, I, man. Well, go ahead, Los. Go ahead. Let, gotta, me, let me chime I, in on that, Los, after you. Oh, no, 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 no. You go ahead. I'm, I'm after you. Oh, shit. Malachi. Go ahead, Malachi. Yeah, I'm after Malachi. <laughs> shit. Go ahead. 
So, Al, I get a little Thank personal, you, tell a little, bit of, a little bit of your business uh, to tell Go why ahead. that works for you and why it's not going to work for other people. As Go much, ahead. As easily. You're going to do it anyway. Go ahead. Sound like you in the kitchen, Melika. Kids breakfast ready. So uh, that real estate professional deduction is a great deduction. The reason it works for Al is because his wife doesn't have a full W-2 job that's outside of the business. So what the IRS looks for in that instance, it's not necessarily about how much money you make. It's about how much time you have to allocate and say that you do real estate. The IRS's position is you can't be a real estate professional if you have a W-2 or something else that you're doing 30 or 40 hours a week. So it's really about how much time you can say you have to dedicate to real estate. So in our situation, he can run of her hours into Malachi, you going in and out. You going in and out. Your finger might be going over your speaker. Can you hear me now? He got that he he got that he got that phone on his shoulder. You know he got them hands full (laughs) making that breakfast. That's what it is. Get some AirPods, Malachi. I'll pick, I'll pick up if we can't hear him because uh, he's making a very good point in terms of the real estate professional designation not being a um, silver bullet for everyone. Essentially, there are rules that you have to abide by in order to meet this standard. And his, his big point was that Al's situation is unique in that his primary occupation uh, are the insurance practices or some of his other businesses, while his wife's primary occupation can be in real estate. Uh, but to take that a step further, more specifically, they have to own their own real estate portfolio in order for this to uh, in order for this to work and come full circle. They didn't own and operate what they call materially participate in their own rental real estate portfolio real estate professional status wouldn't be a thing. Uh, and and one, one additional item to clear up that's often misconstrued is that, hey, I'm, I'm a realtor or, hey, I'm a mortgage broker or, hey, I'm a uh, um, you know commercial realtor or what have you. I'm a real estate professional. And it's like, hey, your occupation may be in the real estate space, but the IRS's definition of real estate professional status is a totally different thing. And so there are rules, which we'll get into here in a bit, that you have to abide by. If you can meet the standard, it's one of the most powerful strategies ever. Uh, but if you cannot meet the standard, uh, then there, there are some other things that you'll want to look at. But it's, it's important to not think that you automatically qualify just because you're a landlord or just because you're a realtor. Hey, Larry. And hey, then, can you hear me now? Yeah. And then lastly, would that only apply to someone filing uh Mary filing jointly, but that not apply to someone Mary filing separately because in, in Al's case, sound like he he riding his wife way, but if they was filing separate, would that would that work for them? No, that's a good point, and it wouldn't. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight that just just because. And, and and the main thing, I just want, can you can y'all hear me now? Yeah, you good yeah. now. Yeah, you good. Okay, perfect. The main thing I just want to highlight is it's not about the income that you make; it's about the time. So. If that designation comes across someone's agent's desk, the first thing they're going to look for is see, okay, how many W-2s do I see here? I see a W-2 from someone. They have to explain to me and show me all the documentation to show that they're putting in more than 2,000 hours a year on real estate, which falls under the factors that Larry can go in versus what they put on this W-2 job. In Al's situation, he and his, he and his wife can control her time and they don't have their W-2 to combat. So they don't have to meet 2,000 hours. They just have to meet an hour requirement to show that she puts the majority of whatever hours they document as she works. 
into real estate versus someone with a full-time job or a W-2 that's going to show up attached to your tax return, which the IRS is going to get a copy of. You have to combat that W-2 and show and make an agent feel that you put in more work in real estate than all the hours that you put over there. Now, there's a workaround to it if you want to do that in real estate by investing in short-term rentals, because in that instance, you only have to meet 100 hours a year and you only have to ensure that nobody else puts in more hours on your short-term rentals than you. Can you break down why it's important to have that designated status, a full-time uh, operator? And how you do that. Yeah. And why it's important. It matters because the depreciation uh, that you get from depreciating your real estate, especially when you can take bonus depreciation, um, real estate is passive in general. It's not active. But what you do on a daily basis is active income. Active income and passive losses can't can't be combined but if you can uh can be considered a real estate professional then you're technically active in that line of work of real estate and you can use all those losses that you can create to go against your active income so that's why the the government scrutinizes that so heavily so if you if you claim a designation and you got a w-2 you're going to get examined mm. i think we need to talk about the importance of what al brought up Hey, I, I need. I, I want to give some sauces. I got to get out of here. I got. Go, some go ahead. Go ahead, do. and then we'll get you know to get to the point. I got. Go ahead, since you' about to go, and it's your birthday, man. Uh, so yeah, since since it's my birthday, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give y'all some 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 of my inner circle sauce. You know what I'm saying? And we got some tax professionals here to verify that if y'all if y'all think that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so where do I want to start? Um, crypto. Any, anybody anybody here got crypto? Um, because what what one can do, and uh, again, we got some tax professionals here, uh, Malachi and Larry. Um, let's let's just say that we, you know, you wholesalers, y'all y'all made you know six seven hundred thousand dollars, and you know y'all looking at at a big tax bill. You could dump you know a few hundred thousand dollars in, in, into a crypto exchange like Crypto.com. Soon as you you know wire two three hundred thousand dollars or, or ten thousand dollars five thousand dollars whatever you wire over there, but you know I'm talking about a, a tax reducing strategy. You know, you you drop a couple hundred thousand dollars into a crypto exchange, um, you have just um, took on a loss for two three hundred thousand dollars, and 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 now if that money don't never come back, um, that's a two three hundred thousand dollar loss. So if, if let's say over over the next twelve months, you know, you pulled your hundred thousand dollars back out, or or maybe you waited an additional twelve months to pull your money out, that that money can be considered a, as a loss. So then, you know, you you can use a website um, like Bit Refill. Y'all might want to might might want to write this down. Um, Bit Bit Refill, uh, where you can convert your crypto into damn near any gift card imaginable. You can pay your mortgage, you can pay your car note, you can pay your phone bills, you can pay your light bills, you can buy Whole Foods gift cards, Albertsons, Kroger's, Foot Locker, everything to do in life. You can do. Uh, damn near from that bit refill website. So instead of sending your money back to crypto.com and sending it back to your bank account where it'd be, you know, captured and audited by the IRS, um, you can send it to bit refill and you can pay your mortgage directly. You can pay your car note directly. You can live your life directly and never have to come back. And all the IRS knows that 
hey man, you submitted, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to crypto.com and never came back. Oh man, so yeah, that looks like a loss to us. So now you got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar loss, but the, the money ain't really gone nowhere. And you still living your life, still paying your taxes and, and any of that. I mean, still living your life and paying all your bills. You can do all of that um, through through that uh, big refill exchange. I, I I do it all the time. Um, a, a, another way you guys can can af- go go ahead. You got some questions. Uh, go go ahead now. I want to give some insight on what on what Los was saying. Happy birthday, by the way, Los. I want to get some insight on what he was saying. Go for no, it. Appreciate, go. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Your insight is definitely appreciated. Uh, co- context around that is important because of the treatment of the money itself, right? So just because you uh, transfer money from your account to the exchange, that doesn't automatically signal a loss. You establish basis, right? You bought in at two hundred and fifty thousand it needs to drop in value and then you need to recognize that loss meaning you have to sell and or exit the asset in order to recognize that uh, or realize the loss is what they call it and even when that happens because it's an asset it's going to be considered what's called a capital loss so i point those out to suggest that hey, hey talk about the capital 000, loss that, oh, uh, per, yeah, per, yeah, yeah yeah please Yep, I'll get to that. But I, I want to point that out just to just to suggest that a, that that type of transfer does not automatically signal a tax deduction uh, within itself. And then even if it does, because you lost value there, it's a capital loss, not an ordinary loss. And so a capital loss, similar to a capital gain, um, when you sell an asset, can only offset another gain. All right. So if you lost money because you sold an asset, capital loss, you can only use that to offset money from a capital gain. You do have this $3,000 um, kind of net delta that you could have every year, but in the grand scheme of things, that may not be a big enough impact. So that loss wouldn't, for example, offset your W-2 or wouldn't offset income from your uh, S corporation or, or something like that. It would only offset if you sold something at a, at a sizable gain to absorb it there. Uh, so there, there are different components. And I point that out because this is why every situation is unique and why you want to run all these things by your advisor before you actually execute, because it works for one individual. It may not necessarily work for the next. No, that's a fact. That's a, hey, can I chime in real quick? Yep. So, so, so what Los mentioned, um, it, it works for four words that he mentioned. He said, what the IRS knows. In that instance, the IRS doesn't have all the information from crypto exchanges uh, because they won't give it to them yet. So that's why something like that works. The IRS can only go based on the information they have. <clears throat> the information they have. Income is easy to prove. They prove that by your employers and everyone sending W-2s, 1099s, et cetera, et cetera. And they make you prove expenses, but they haven't gotten all the crypto agent the cryptocurrency agencies to give them data yet that's why they're still fighting to do that can i chime in on that yeah regarding what the regarding what the irs has one thing that i've had to do is pull the wages um i work with a lot of entertainers and, and athletes and sometimes they make income that they're not aware of so one thing that if you're making lots of income uh, to assure that your accountant has all the documents and some people are traveling, they might not keep good records is not to just pull the transcripts, but to pull the wages of, and that will show you a detail of what the IRS has on your name. And there will be no question marks. And I found 200,000 here, 400,000 there, and they didn't give me that documents. And that's what causes a, 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 an almost an automatic audit. Let me yield the mic. 
And then another thing you guys could do now, now, now this is you know, this ain't for everybody. Um, you can also not not be a U.S. citizen. You cannot be a U.S. citizen, and uh, and, and avoid tax. Uh, well, you know that that's a long conversation. But you know, you 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 can be a U.S. citizen by choice, but you also can can be an American national. Now it, it ain't all that more, more, more American. It ain't the sovereign citizen. None of that shit. It's just you being a private American. Everybody got that right. You just got to understand. Um, another thing that that we can do is is live live through our revo revocable living trust. Um, fill out what what's called a, a, a W eight then you know what I'm saying, uh, and, and that's gonna make you the guys the beneficiary of, of said trust, and you give that information to your employers, um, and then they they won't be taking taxes and stuff out, out of your money, uh, and, and that's the IRS form W eight D E N. I'm sure any of the tax professionals are familiar with that, and then you won't be filing the 1040. You'll be filing the 1041 per the trust. Um, Another way to to avoid taxation, not not all the way around the board, but but at least uh, on on your W two job for sure, it's like an instant instant income increase. And and to clarify on that, that's a great point. And happy birthday, brother! Um, when you do that, the IRS doesn't care about future income after you stop becoming a U.S. citizen. But all income and assets that you had prior to that, uh, they want their money, especially after you sell it. I mean, even even though you you've stopped being a citizen, but you had an asset that you had before you renounced your citizenship and then you sell it after you renounce it. You had that asset and acquired it as a citizen. and They still expect money from it. So you just got to be able to separate Trans it before yeah, and you after. Tra tra transfer that asset to the trust, you know what I'm saying, uh, prior to doing there you that. Go. Um, and, and then you avoid what he's talking about as well. Definitely well, I got a question that. for the. I, uh, oh no, I got a question for the birthday boy. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some third, fourth level questions. So, in reference to so going from a, a U.S. citizen to a, I think you said American national. Uh, yep, a private American. Yeah. What so? What's the benefit of being a citizen versus uh, being a private American besides not paying taxes? Like, what are you giving up? Because I think it's important for people to understand that too. What are they giving up if they give up their citizenship? Um, you, you're, not, you're not really giving giving up anything. To, to, to be quite honest, you, you still got access to whatever you need. You still got the, the, the military. The military still gonna ride for you. Um, you, you you really just give away a, a, a government stronghold. If 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 you if we read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, it says that the consent is derived from the governed. You know what I'm saying? What does that mean? That means that every person has willingly um, put themselves in a subservient position to, to the government. When you know, if we opened up the document that the that this that this state, I mean, where this country was founded on, the Declaration of Independence, in that document, it stated that no man was, I mean, yeah, that no man was above nobody but the Most High, and and they were able to, you know, get their sovereignty from from the King of England, uh, just based on the Most High. So. The same thing applies to us. We have allowed the government to to run our lives, and and, and all we got to do is is take that back. Um, you 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 don't lose any any anything, um, except you no know, the you no know, have to order and, and and pay attention and 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 pay taxes and and and, and all of that stuff. But I I haven't lost anything uh, by not being a, a U.S. citizen. Uh, I, I've been not a U.S. citizen for a few years now. 
Um, and it, 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 it's, it's all right to me. Um, y'all see, no, I travel. No my, 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 my passport, still passport everywhere. Um, okay, that's what I have, yeah. the passport. Gotcha. Yeah, and 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 I, and I don't got to stand in the long ass line uh, for U.S. citizens. Yeah, y'all, y'all see it when y'all coming back in through customs and and so forth. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's um, I, I I would suggest it for for everybody. I, I, it's not for everybody though because you know one one thing that that you do as uh, I have to uh, do my own accounting for for everything. It's the reason why I'm into the tax code and and, and the things that I know. Um, because I, I, I'm required to know it all. When, when, when you say that, you know, you don't need government assistance, you don't need government assistance. So, you know, I, I'm responsible for making my own, own money. I'm responsible for taking care of, of myself. Uh, but again, you know, I can still go to the hospital. I can still, you know, do everything that, that a U.S. citizen does. Um, so so for me, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Now, Lowe's, last question. Not that it's probably not going to even be there because it's grossly underfunded, but if someone did that, do they give up their rights to Social Security and Medicare when they get older? No, 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 no. Because what what, what happens is you, you, you just took control uh, of, of the of the public trust that the government set up for you. That That's a public trust. So you still are the beneficiary of, of that trust. So, yeah, you, you still got access to that. You still got access to your Social Security number and, and, and all of that and everything that come with it. It's just that are uh, you partaking in, in all of the governmental benefits. But just like how Malachi said, like, hey, well, you was a U.S. citizen when you got this house and all that stuff. Well, you was a U.S. citizen when you uh, accumulated all that money and all of those accounts. So you still got access to that, even though uh, you, you're not a citizen later on. Appreciate it. I got a question on Neil for Larry. Go ahead, Ruby. Go ahead. So it's a little bit uh, away from like real estate, but it still has to do with tax. On um, one area I see people struggle with as entrepreneur is also understanding sales tax and their economic uh, nexus, especially with like uh, e-commerce and people who are doing digital products and um, physical. Can you kind of explain like some of the systems like, you know, Taxstar and places that they can kind of help them understand so they can make sure that they're meeting their liabilities in that manner? Because a lot of people miss that and they start selling products and they weren't collecting sales tax and then remitting those to the uh, the proper places where they have that economic nexus. Can you kind of speak a little bit on that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And so that, that moves beyond federal tax, which covers the entire landscape and gets more into state and local tax. Uh, but every state or juris uh, local jurisdiction is gonna have a sales and use tax provision. And I'll just uh, preface this by saying Amazon is perhaps the biggest use case for this because they got hit pretty hard with not collecting and remitting sales tax in all the places that they're shipping to. So if you do an e-commerce business, if you do business in other states, then you definitely want to check the local laws to make sure you're abiding by them because sales and use tax audits, in my experience, are worse than IRS audits. They are a pain to, to deal with and you don't want to get caught in one of those. And it's essentially a pass-through. You charge sales and use tax to your uh, end customer, end user, you collect it and then remit it to the government. But a lot of folks aren't doing it and they get slapped with hefty bills. So if you're an e-com, you're selling across state lines, you're opening up a branch or a division in another state, let alone another city, you gotta check the local laws because every jurisdiction wants its piece. Uh, sales and use tax is a huge revenue generator for a lot of places. Um, so you definitely wanna check that out. Uh, and it's gonna be different for every single state. 
the the resource that we use is uh, Avalara, and I shouldn't say we use, we just we just outsource and, and send our clients over to Avalara uh, to do all of the sales and use tax review and or registrations if needed. There are a number of other platforms out there that, uh, that uh, provide the same service, but you absolutely got to check your state and local um, rules if you're selling any type of product. And this is even true if you're doing remodels. So like in Texas, there are unique provisions where um, residential remodels may be subject to sales and use tax, but commercial isn't. So just check the type of business that you have, the type of service you're, and or product you're providing and see if it's, uh, if it's required that you collect and remit sales and use tax. Yeah, thank you. And I think because like, I like how you said Avalara, and not only do they do the sales tax side, you can also do leases and permits and they help you do those types of uh, paperwork as well. Um, and then I like TaxJar. That's another one I tell people that helps people like remit um, that as well. But if a person's like just getting started, can you tell them like where they would go to even file an application for their state to start um, remitting their sales tax and, and setting up that type of account? Because I get a lot of those questions and I have to go Uber to either 100 Accountant or Avalara to let them know like you're going to have to go through them so then they can help you put your packet together and get your sales tax ID. Yeah, if, if you're doing business in multiple states, um, platforms like Avalara are going to be great for that. If you're if you're just doing it in one state outside of your own jurisdiction or just in, even in your own jurisdiction, typically you'll go to your state controller uh, website and the uh, the state controller or sometimes the secretary of state. But more often than not, the state controller will have all of the details you need to register and get your sales and use tax permit. Um, and it's also where you can get what's called a reseller's permit. And the reseller's permit is essentially if you're buying things wholesale, it allows you to not have to pay tax on the sales tax, that is, on the initial purchase. And then you only have to collect sales tax um, when, you're, when you're remitting to the end user. So all of that is usually found on the state controller's uh, website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I had a all question. Right. Who we got? Who's that? It's Brittany. Go ahead, Brittany. Go ahead, Brittany. Uh, so I was having a, a small business meeting uh, last week, and we were talking about um, like tax breaks with payroll. And we have been speaking with um, a particular payroll company, uh, Seven Shifts, that we use for a local bar that I run. Um, they were speaking of using AFLAC getting your employees to sign up for AFLAC for like tax credits. And then within that, um, also like when people employ inmates, you get tax credits for that as well. I was, it's kind of a two part question. It's kind of, um, if you can maybe expound on that and also um, do tax credits take away from income. I never thought about that. Like if you have so many tax credits, does it, does it, do you still look profitable or is it like a positive? Yeah, great question. I'm going to work that one backwards. So the difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction. Uh, the big thing to understand is that typically tax credits are a lot more powerful than deductions. The reason is a tax deduction reduces your taxable income. You made $100, you bought a computer for 20, that reduces your taxable income from 100 down to 80. And now you pay taxes on 80. A tax credit is basically a dollar for dollar reduction on the tax that you pay. You made $100, your tax bill is $30, the $20 tax credit pulls your tax bill down to 10. And so that's why tax credits are typically more favorable than deductions. 
um, but they're they're not as common as deductions that uh, that is. And so when you look at tax credits, typically with respect to hiring, it's it's called WOTC, W-O-T-C, which is the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. There are a number of credits like this, and there are some nuances that uh, each one has with 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 respect to the hiring process, the type of um, the uh, the demographic background of the type of people that you vet and or hire and how long they stay with your company. But if you're doing a lot of hiring and it, you have quite a bit of turnover, the work opportunity tax credit could be one that you look at uh, for your for your business because it could be pretty valuable. And there are a lot of companies and vendors who do tax credit reviews that can look at the type of business you have and give you ideas like research and development tax credit, um, and, and a, a number of other ones out there that that could be really valuable. But um, by all means, credits, if you have access to them, are more powerful than uh, than deductions. Uh, does that does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let me go back to uh, a point that Al made earlier. Right. Um, I know us as people, we usually like uh, money driven and less asset driven. So as y'all heard earlier, myself included, I like to buy assets. Because typically when you buy assets, doesn't it help your tax situation for the most part, Larry? Like I'm talking about like kind of like real estate. Yeah. So it, it depends on the type of asset that you're purchasing and when you're going to derive that value. Uh, if we talk specifically about real estate, well, we, we hear a lot about um, the, the different values that are derived there. One, depreciation, right? Even talk though we know that. assets like real estate typically appreciate in real life over time, the yeah. IRS allows you to depreciate taking a, a deduction um, over the life of that asset. And so depreciation is not real cash flowing out of the door, right? Uh, some people call it a, um, a, a, a mythical expense or deduction. But the point here is when you get a depreciation deduction, it's not actual money going out the door, but it is a deduction that you get to take against your rental income. And the way real estate works, especially when you have accelerated depreciation that can come from cost segregation studies, that could be a really large number to drive your paper loss, right? The loss that you see on paper, negative. And if your strategy is set up appropriately, those negative losses, like we talked about real estate professional status, can possibly offset active income like W-2 or from your other business, or they could simply offset other passive income that you have. So while you're cash flowing positively because you're collecting rents and, and your NOI is looking really good, on paper, your depreciation allows you to take that number negative and either pay little to no taxes on your rental income and or pay little to no taxes on other income that you're deriving. So that's where that's one of the first benefits you get from real estate. Then, because it typically appreciates over time, you're building equity as you're paying off the debt um, throughout the life of the asset. Well, you hear it a lot all the time with the Burr method or just other styles of real estate. After you get to a certain area, you could possibly look at tapping into that equity. A lot of people use the cash out refi, especially when interest rates were, were much lower than they are now. Well, when you do a refi and you pull a debt out, that's not taxable income. It gives you access to a large amount of money, but because it's debt, it's not actually taxable income to you. So not only did you reduce your tax bill by way of depreciation, now, over the years, you've got access to a large amount of capital with no tax implications. 
And then at the point where you get to the end, you have a decision to make. You could sell it or you could hold on to it. We typically advise, just like I was saying, don't sell the asset. Hold on to grandma's house more specifically, right? Because if you hold on to it, at least the way the tax laws are set up right now, in the event that you transition and it is then passed down to the next generation, they can receive what's called a step up in basis, meaning whatever the fair market value of the house is on the date of death, that is their basis that they reset at. Well, what does that do to the next generation? It just gave them an asset that is highly appreciated, completely tax-free or relatively tax-free. It gave them the ability, as long as there's no debt service still on it, to possibly tap into more debt by refining. Or if they chose to sell it, they could sell it at market value and pay little to no tax on that gain, giving them a whole lot of money completely tax-free. And so that's that's really one of the powerful uses of real estate just as an asset that's passed down from generation to generation. Um, and then it gets even uh, more valuable when you start adding other assets, whether that be your stock portfolio or other things that you own. The value here is that when money is generated by either selling an asset or leveraging an asset, it's much more tax efficient than by going out and having a job and earning a dollar. So ownership is always key when it comes to long-term tax strategy and tax planning and just wealth building in general. So I'm sure most of your clients are high net worth individuals, right? Yep. Do you see real estate a part of most of their tax strategies? Yep. Yep. By and large, all of them are uh, have real estate in some capacity. Some are active in the real estate space. And this is this is just their world and what they do. And some are passive. Uh, but by and large, all of them have it as a part of their uh, as a part of their portfolio somewhere. So it is true that most wealthy individuals have real estate. Yep. Yep. I, I say that that's definitely been our experience. Um, and again, there, there aren't a lot of assets. I don't know if there are any assets really that, that give you the tax with. benefits. Yeah, that that real estate provides. And so it's usually just kind of a um, Again, just a part of the portfolio in some capacity. Real, real quick, because because this is this is powerful. I I don't want this to be glossed over. Oh, real, real quick, for the people who, um, let, let, let's bring it down because because what you said was so so powerful. It was and smooth. It's a lot like of butter. Yeah, this was it was smooth. But I want to break it down to where everybody in the room fully understands what he just said here. So if you don't mind, um. Larry, can we talk about, let's say, for instance, for the regular person, let's say we got somebody in the room right now. They're looking at picking up their first rental property and they have a W-2. OK, they got a W-2. They're picking up their first rental property. What are the uh, what would you how does this first rental property benefit that person specifically? Yeah, great question. Great question. And, and it's important to point out th these are generalities, the, right? Generalities, it's very generality. And and for the person who is their first deal, first everything, and they looking to maximize every single dollar that they could possibly pull out of this situation. And they make like fifty thousand a year. You gotta have a fifty, sixty thousand a year. Vision. Yeah. 
Gotcha, gotcha. So, so, and 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 uh, we we didn't give the disclaimer at the beginning, but I guess no no time like the present. Nothing we talk about is specific tax advice for any one individual. Just a bunch of friends on Clubhouse having conversations. So this is not Larry told me to go do this. This is just a general suggestion. So here here are some ideas of how to think about a situation like that. You make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year in, in your household, and you got a rental property. And let's assume that you actively manage that rental property. You're vetting a tenant, you're changing the doorknob, and you know, doing all those things because you didn't hire a property management company. Number one, it should it should cash flow. That's kind of the, the goal of having an asset. We typically don't want to dump money just for the sake of it. So let's make sure we're cash flowing. The value that we're going to derive there is again depreciation, depending on how much that house costs. I'll give you just a general rule of thumb. You take the purchase price whatever the the sales price of that house is that's where you start plus any additional um, capital expenditures upgrades or remodels that you put into it within a given year that number divided by 27 and a half because we're assuming residential here is your depreciation deduction that you get to take every single year that's your congratulations you have an asset this is not real money flowing out the door this is your deduction that you get to take every single year for 27 and a half years or however you long, uh, own however long you own this asset uh, and and there are some nuanced calculations oh, hold on one second hold on one second let's repeat that because i want everybody to fully understand this this is powerful so you take the value of the property not the value the purchase price the purchase price of the property plus all of the upgrades that you put into the property right mm -hmm. you divide that by 27 and a half years, right? Yep. Minus land value. Mine, ooh. Minus land value. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. All right. So we throw the land value in on top of the purchase price, or is that all included? No, you back, back that out. out. The land value. Okay. Back out of the land value. Mm hmm Okay. So purchase price minus land value plus upgrades. Divided by 27 and a half. Boom. Whatever that number is, that's what you can deduct from your taxes. Is this correct? Initially, you're going to deduct it from the rental income that you receive. And then we'll talk about if it can be deducted against your, your active income here in a moment. But the first place is that reduces the tax on your rental income. So if, if we assume, and, and again, we're just throwing out generalities, let's just assume that however that math works out, it, it comes out to $5,000, right, of depreciation deduction that you get to take in a year. The, 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 the basic way to think about that is, well, crap, the first $5,000 of rental income that I collect is tax-free because depreciation is going to offset it. Did are y'all paying attention or is it just me? Hey, well, hey, Larry. Notes. How does us tell not so rich tell people? Him, tell them about how does the, us going not over the head. Hire somebody. Larry, hold on real quick. Larry, tell them about the, the bonus depreciation. Man, get on that. Absolutely. So that, that's the initial way you arrive at it, right? So now you have the cost segregation studies, or even if you don't do a cost seg study, but uh, you have like appliances and, and some other things you can accelerate depreciation on assets that have a useful life. Remember the useful life of your whole uh, property is 27 and a half, but you can segregate 
components of that property. And if the useful life is five, seven, 15, or 20 years, then you can accelerate the depreciation. What does that mean? Instead of spreading it over 27 and a half years, you can take a certain percentage of that right away in year one. In prior years, it used to be 100%. This year, it's 80. So let's just say you got a $150,000 house. And again, this is generalities here. And then the cost segregation study allows you to segment um, $30,000 of that into uh, a five-year property or seven-year property or whatever it is. Essentially, because this year you can accelerate 80% of bonus depreciation, you can take a $24,000 deduction instead of a $5,000 deduction in year one. So using that same logic, now the first $24,000 of income that you collect is tax-free. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And, and if you if it's if you have a long term tenant there, then to make that passive loss an active loss, you have to exceed your W two hours. If you have a short term tenant there, you only need a hundred hours. Yep. It's getting better and better. So, I I hope everybody's paying attention to this. I'm just trying to figure out how, how we can hire Larry or or the other guy. That's all I'm saying. That, that's that's all I'm saying. Because these these other ones ain't it. Y'all seem like y'all got the code <laughs> for uh, for Trump and Bezos. You know what I mean? So we, we need those. We need those. Hey Larry, is any of that retro? Because like what 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 if you've never actually taken advantage of those uh, those depreciation deduct deductions? Damn it, man! And is any of that retro? It, it is. So, so that's the. Oh, go ahead. The, the number one way uh, to avoid taxes, one of the number one ways is to go back and file amended tax returns, which you can do for the past three years and go get all the stuff uh, that you missed out on. We're the top and of the hour. I'll tell you, it's important to do so also, right, Malachi, because the IRS is going to automatically assume that you've taken that depreciation and so that'll be included if and when you sell the assets. So it's important to go back and file those so that you actually can get uh, the benefit as opposed to assuming you got it. And, so, and, and, on, and on top of that, whether you took it or not, when you sell the asset, the government's going to assume you took it anyway. So yeah, if you own well real estate and you never took a depreciation deduction, you can actually go back and get all of your depreciation back. You just have to have your CPA file uh, a change of accounting method, uh, Form thirty one fifteen, for you. But you can go back and get all of it. They just got to file the proper. Ooh, ooh, golly, this is this is sauce. This is sick. This, yes, oh my God. Yes, this feels criminal. <laughs> this so feels very criminal to know. <laughs> now, now, yeah. now, since we're on real estate, and I'm not gonna make Larry mad because I know he's great at doing his stuff on time. But the number one way to save actually is to make sure you file your taxes on time and don't file them late where you're not paying penalties and interest. So if you have a corporation or an LLC or something, make sure you file by the 15th. And if you're involved in real estate deals, make sure you're getting your tax preparers or those who you syndicate with to get you your K-1s on time so you can file your taxes on time and not pay the government penalties and interest. Yo, this is powerful. It's a beautiful thing. 
Oh, man. So, listen, we're at the top of the hour. Look, man, look. Shit. I just hope... So, tell me this real, real quick before we get to the to the break. Larry, Malachi, would you recommend that everybody, even if they got a W-2, have some form of real estate holdings? I know this is not advice. I know this is not tax advice. But just in general... Would you recommend that most it, it's a smart thing to do is to have at least one or two holdings? Yeah. So, you know, stopping short of giving specific advice, I, I, I'll say it like this. We generally see it in our wealthiest and our more successful clients around wealth building. Real estate is a part of their portfolio. And so I, I'm going to say do do with that information what you will. But we do see it a lot in our wealthier clients portfolio. So that tells you something. Mm. Yes, real, real estate is the, the only asset where you get to take value of 100% of the cost immediately without putting any of your own money down. And, you, and the, the depreciation clock, as long as depreciation is on the books, where that clock starts over and over and over again, it's the best vehicle to pass wealth down uh, to future generations because they always get that benefit, even if you've done nothing extra. Y'all heard it. I ain't said it. They said it. Um, you know, it is what it is. Listen, we're at the top of the hour. I just want to say, man, thank uh, Larry. Man, matter of fact, put some flames in the chat. If you're getting some value right now from Larry Malachi right now, put some flames in the chat. This is not regular. I just want you to understand. Listen, Larry has been at some of our mastermind and 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 we've, we've, we've talked extremely high level conversations on these particular topics you do not get this kind of information just regularly this is not regular i just want everybody to fully understand that shout out to us also for hitting a thousand subscribers on the new youtube channel Woo no stands the energy you know what I mean? i'm just saying yeah. fucking finally <laughs> yo i'm just saying you're looking for that episode nigga. congratulations hey that episode about to be dropping <laughs> That episode about to be dropping pretty don't soon. That, that motherfucker though. already don't in queue. Hey. Let's love to call people out. Nah, that, nah, that, that's a fire episode. Lojean, hey, look, hey, not, we ain't come halfway. Not halfway. Man, big shout out to Los, man. Happy birthday to you, brother. I'm sorry. Pre appreciate you, brother. Pre appreciate you, brother, man. Ha have a pork chop for me, man. Have a pork man, chop. Listen, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm already. I got my pork chop with my cheese on it, man. And grape, Ooh, grape soda. Grape soda. Oh man, see, oh, man. see, Corey. I know. I know. Buy like that grape soda. That man, man. Ashley talking about she don't like grape lollipops. I she don't, don't even know what a cold cup is, pop. man. She don't even know what a cold cup is. Grape soda, grape lollipops, grape, grape anything. Popsicles. I don't Damn. Hey, but Byron, man, what do, what do you expect from AKA, man? <laughs> <laughs> she want that uh -oh. green, what that green. Oh, my God. It's like okay, Ashley. I don't like grape nothing either, so. Do you see how they refuse to call it purple like the rest of us? I don't what like do you expect from AKAs? Bro. I love my hey, hey man, my my lady at AKA man, y'all something different, y'all. Y'all something different. If y'all hot sauce is too too turned the wrong way, y'all y'all ready cut something up, boy. Y'all y'all bougies don't get out. That's uh, why you like her, Darby. You want something God, different. God. Who wants something that regular? Part. You that want something extra. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. It's not different. It's extraordinary. You want they, something they extra. Ordinary. Uh, I got to get to this. In the building, man. 
Ooh. What Ooh, did he say? You know they in the building too. They, they ain't said like one word, but they. That's what he said. That is exactly what he said. Y'all be beefing. Here's the thing, man. Listen, make sure you are tapped into kind of skip trace. You know what I'm saying? If you are looking for top quality data, make sure you are tapping into kind of skip trace. How do you get uh, information on kind of skip trace? Well, you know, there is a link. There's a link, and I'm going to put it inside of the chat right now. You want to tap into kind of skip trace, and if you want to get access to premium data, at a very at the most affordable price not 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 the most nobody has a better price than kind skip tracing this is an absolute fact at least that i know of and if you if, if you found a better price you let me know because uh i need to find out so we can put them on the map somehow some way i'm just saying and also also if you haven't already make sure you pick up your tickets we will be live we will be live in miami June the 23rd through the 25th. Listen, it's going to be a yacht experience at the Wealth Connect. It's going down. We got Rick Ross going to be in the building. We got we got Myron Golden. We got we got Alvin Hope Johnson, Stormy. Uh, man, we got so many. 19 Keys. Aneta is putting together a, a massive event. So we definitely want to make sure the family is in the building and represented. I'm going to be in the building. O'Neal's going to be in the building. Ashley going to be in the building. Who else going to be in the building? Anybody on stage going to be in the building? Man, I'm already here. Y'all late, man. I'm, I'm waiting on y'all to get here. Hey, <laughs> Corey going to be in the building. I'm just saying, let's not let this, this is not a regular situation. So we need to make sure that we move accordingly. You know what I'm saying? How, what you think about that, Ashley? Listen, it's going to be a whole vibe. It's giving me the feels of when we were all in Houston, Texas together. That was a whole, Larry was there when we were in yeah. Houston, Texas together. It was a whole vibe. So come on and tap in to Miami, Florida, June 23rd through the 25th. You're going to click the link at the top of the screen for the Wealth Connect Live. Click the link at the top of the screen to grab your ticket for as low as $297 now. Byron did mention that yacht ride, not a boat, Byron, but a yacht ride. <laughs> you do want to upgrade if you want to be in that experience. Yes, indeed. <laughs> not the boat, Byron, but yes, the yacht. Indeed. Oh, man. And with that being said, we're going to get back into this conversation today. Ain't that right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's a, it's a beautiful conversation right here. Oh man, it's I'm still stuck on the fact that we have some instant, instant things that we can get accomplished. Oh, I like instant, clear things that we can get accomplished. So, number one, we just heard that if you can get yourself a rental property, your first prop property, okay, you can deduct that income. Now, this is not gonna be money that's gonna how how's can you break down how this is reported so people can understand it's not necessarily a loss? So this is the person, they got a W-2 income, W-2 income. They got a they got an LLC. Okay, I was about to call it a little, and then Crystal popped into my head like, no, nah, I don't go with the little. So I, I, I changed it. I changed it. But you got your LLC, and you are looking to, you know, take advantage of the tax benefits of this situation. 
The reason why I'm harping on this so heavy is because I really want to make this plain. Because sometimes when we have these these conversations, Larry Malachi, like sometimes Los, sometimes the conversations get so high level that the regular person can't grab hold of something that they can look towards. I mean, look forward to being able to take advantage of ASAP. So we want to have those ASAP takeaways that somebody who is in the room right now can say, you know what? I'm going to, number one, I'm going to set up me an LLC. I'm going to get me a property, right? And I'm going to do this, this, that, and the third to be able to take advantage of it on my W-2 situation. And then, you know, I'm going to save those taxes over here and then I'm going to get me another one and I'm going to get me another one. And then I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm just going, I'm not going to be doing taxes, right? I'm not, you know, taxes is going to be my friend. I want the government to be my friend. So, so, so how can we give these people some step-by-steps to where they can start positioning themselves to be able to view tax time as a pleasurable experience for themselves opposed to it being revocable living trust revocable living trust and and that w8 bin go right to everybody's hr department and fill out a w8 bin now they may not have them there they may have them you can print them out on the way on the on the irs website and fill it out and take that to your employer you instantly saving in taxes and so forth instantaneously yeah proper structure proper structure matters having it in the llc will automatically save you 20% uh, with a qualified business income deduction. And that was a W8 what? W8N? B-E-N, B-E-N, as, as beneficiary. You'd be operating the trust. So that's W8N, being for short for beneficiary. Gotcha, gotcha. Man, we had a question in the chat. I don't know where that thing went. Let's see. That was a good question. I put a book in the chat. Uh, called Tax Free Wealth. Uh, everyone needs to read it. It's uh, you had the, the post guy broke. Okay, it's uh the the 2026. I mean the tw- the Trump's tax act. Uh, it expires in 2026, so we still have a few years left. But that book really breaks down all the, the all the benefits and things you can take advantage of with the current tax code. Love it. So the question is, does tax breaks the different if your assets are in a trust or not in a trust? Yes. What's the difference? Uh, depending on on the trust structure, it, it may not be a taxable event. Um, and 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 if you make yourself, you know, what I'm saying, or your beneficiaries turn them into trustees, now they don't have any tax basis because equitable position is is to the beneficiaries. And if you make the beneficiaries trustees, they just got access to those access and access to those funds, access to those assets. Then we're not creating a taxable event for them either. Mm. Now, See, go ahead, Malika. Oh no, sorry, that was Larry. Um, go ahead, Larry. Important, yeah, important to point out, it's wrapped in a whole lot of it depends and how it fits into your unique world. Um, are these things achievable? Sure, but as as Malachi and Los alluded to, proper structure and planning is going to be the most important thing. And these aren't simple structures to go set up that you just kind of roll out of bed and go to legal zoom and get done you absolutely want to make sure the team you're working with has a very good sense of your goals and your structure so they can pull this together to work efficiently uh for you uh, and and then the the other thing to point out because there's there's so much talk around trust on the social side of things 
um, just because you have the trust in place doesn't automatically absolve you of tax. In, in fact, the dollar has to settle somewhere. And so somewhere along the lines, a tax is going to be due. The flow of funds is perhaps the most important piece to understand because that dictates uh, where the tax is going to ultimately fall uh, as you're kind of using it for, uh, for the purposes that you set out for. Um, but don't think you can just roll out of bed and go get this kind of stuff set up. It takes a lot of high level strategy and planning to put into place. Nice, nice. No, no. Um, I know the thing was huge, like last year, probably like the last two, three years. The depreciation with the six thousand pound vehicle used to be a hundred percent. Is it eighty percent now? Yeah, yeah. So bonus depreciation, accelerated depreciation, as, as some people refer to it, is no longer a hundred percent. It's eighty percent for this tax year. Next year, it'll go down to sixty, down to forty, down to twenty uh, through twenty twenty six. And so that's correct. It is eighty percent. Um, so with vehicles specifically, business vehicles, right? So the, the vehicle has to be used for business purpose. At the very least, 50% business um, can get up to 80% accelerated depreciation. Uh, anything that's personal use, of course, has to be pulled out of there. Um, but yes, that is the that is the case this year. So why do you... Hold, hold on real quick. The, the, key, the key indicator there is this is an expense. You have to prove the expense. So the business use, you have to prove it with a mileage log tracking uh, the mileage that you took in the vehicle. What's the best app to use for that? Don't I got like a high mile IQ or something like that? Mile IQ, mileage IQ. Yeah, mile IQ is, is the more popular one. Um, I think QuickBooks has a plugin that is useful. I haven't heard great things about it, but mile IQ seems to be the more preferred one amongst everyone. So correct me if I'm wrong. And, 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 and additionally, depending on the agent that you get. So most agents will just take the mileage log. Uh, some agents will make you go with the mileage log and also correspond it with your calendar and also see if you have business relationships with the places and people that you say you were going. It just really depends on who you get. Gotcha, gotcha. So and, correct and that, me that section 179, though, it, it's not just for business vehicles. That's what just most people understand it and know about it. But it's uh if if you finance any business equipment, um you still able to to take the hundred percent. It's just the the vehicles that they made that change. But section one seventy nine is still good. I know I bought like some some med spy equipment, you know, hundred eighty thousand stuff like that. Uh, we we still able to deduct the deduct the full amount on, on that. It's just the vehicles that they made the change up because too many niggas buying G wagons. <laughs> very, very true and. Uh, it also gets you better financing. So I would advise anyone, I'm not going to advise, but ask your accountant, but anybody that uh, took depreciation last year or, or bought equipment or bought anything for your business, instead of expensing it last year, take 100% bonus depreciation against it because when you go to the bank for financing, they're going to add the depreciation back. They won't add back the expense. So it seems like they're getting rid of, they're trying to get rid of this depreciation. Is that true? Because first it was 180, 60, 40. No, it's just, it's just for the vehicles. Because it's, it's the niggas man G-Wagon. If, if y'all weren't doing that and posting that and having all these social media uh, viral Tell posts everybody. and all that stuff, yeah, yeah it, it has still been going on. Seemed like they're doing that Facts. with business credit too. Doing it with everything. Facts. YouTube. No, so they're, they're not getting rid of it. They're, no. just, they're just reducing the bonus portion of it. Uh, so right now you can take bonus last, you can take 80% of bonus depreciation. You still get your regular depreciation. That's never going to go away. So what would the bonus right. depreciation be in the next 10 years? Is it going to be gone? 
Uh, I mean, that, that's speculative. Seems like that, a whole seem lot like of, that's uh, where it's going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, some may think it's headed that way. But we also are, are coming upon the cusp of a presidential election. We're probably, I mean, we may or may not have a changeover in terms of who's in the, uh, in the White House, what's going to happen with tax law. And so to, to speculate 10 years out is kind of tough, where I think you kind of take these in four-year tranches to see what the uh, changeover in legislation is going to be. As it stands right now, it's going to be gone, but that could easily change with the introduction of a new law. So what you're saying is if DeSantis get in, it may, he may just extend that thing on out. Who made the law? Was it like the Democrats? <laughs> was it, was it, was it, um, yeah, I don't know the president. Was, was it Biden public. made this law? No, I was, that was. So, so 179 has been around for a while, but the, the tax cut and jobs act, which was the Trump tax law, I think it was signed in 17, uh, 2017, 2018 is where, uh, this really became a, a huge thing with the hundred percent, uh, bonus depreciation. Uh, and it was always in there to sunset as it got to 2026 anyway, but this did come into play with the, uh, the Trump tax law. Yeah. He, he signed that. He was thirsty. That was January of 17. As soon as he took office, he put that in play. Yeah, this once this law leaves in 2026, you ain't you ain't never gonna see it this good again. That's my opinion, but it's it's so good right now, and and we're in the country losing so much money. You're you're not gonna see they making some money too right now. So correct me if I'm wrong. You can go back up to three years and get that bonus depreciation from 2020. Right now, oh, that's false. No, so so you can go back. You'd have to amend your tax return. Um, well, actually, l- let me say it like this: if if we're talking about using a cost segregation study, probably not. Uh, but if if we're talking about other assets that you purchase, equipment, vehicles, and things like that, you can go back. You'd have to file what's called a amended. change of accounting method. You have to file a minute return as well as a change of accounting method, um, which is a three one one five form that you'll have to attach. Uh, and then you can you can get the uh, depreciation, uh, the accelerated depreciation, excuse me, and potentially a refund if you're due one up to three years. So they can do it for 20, 100 percent, 21, 100 percent, 22, 100 percent. And then 2023 is 80 percent, right? 23 is 80 percent. Shit. So it sounds like somebody needs to go ahead and do that. And they can come to you for that. Uh, so our, our firm is set up a little bit different where we we don't do the one-off tax preparation, uh, but we do have partners that we'll refer them to that can actually file those returns. Um, we're, they'll come to us more on the strategy and planning side. Love it, love it. Still, we'll that's, be, the, that's, the, that's the bonus, but don't, if you haven't taken depreciation at all on your, on your real estate, you can go back to the day you purchased it and get that back. So we'll be... Uh, Biggest takeaways y'all could leave with us today, uh, Larry Malachi. I know Larry, you don't you don't come often, man. You don't come often, so it's a blessing for you to be here today. What was your biggest takeaways they could leave with today? Yeah, man, definitely appreciate the time. I, I think that there are three things really. Number one, it's important that as you start uh, your business, as you start accumulating wealth, it's going to be really, really important to get with a trusted advisor that understands your area, your industry, and the, uh, the, the space that you're operating in. If they're not a expert in that space, find one who is. Uh, number two, when it comes to um, uh, 
asset planning or excuse me wealth planning in general al pointed out perfectly assets are the goal ownership is the goal anything that you're doing uh, that's not ownership the goal needs to be to take that money and allocate it towards buying assets that's where you get very tax efficient and that's where you really really start building the wealth uh, and number three Join the strategy room. Uh, Ashley talked about it at the top of the at the top of the hour. The strategy room is a free Facebook group that we have where we give uh, behind the scenes on a lot, a lot of how this stuff works. So, uh, those are the three takeaways for me. All right, cool. cool. Ashley, if you don't, if you with us, is there any way you can send a link or anybody can send a link so you can find that and give it, Larry uh, Malachi? You got any takeaways for us? Yeah, pro- proper representation uh, with someone like Larry, like he said that know specifically the trade that you're involved in proper knowledge to make sure that what they're doing is accurate because at the end of the day you're still responsible for whatever they prepare and the tax is still up to you and then making sure you file things on a timely manner so you're not paying the government penalties and interest uh on the tax and then don't chase deductions uh only get deductions for things that you really utilize in your business on a daily basis love it love it I'm gonna say I'm gonna say tap in with me first, so I can tell you all the unorthodox ways to save money on taxes and avoid taxes, and then go talk to Larry and Malachi so they can help you implement it. Because they might not look at the way they might not look at it the way I look at it, but then when they hear it, like oh yeah, and you do it like this, this, and such, this, because that's that's what they do. And that's every Friday, right? Yep. Love it, love it. So man, make sure y'all click with a. Uh... Click that link in the bio. I mean, the link in the chat to join Larry's Facebook group is free. Make sure you click it right now for the link go away. Let me see. Let me see if I can copy. May need to post it a few times so nobody miss it. Make sure y'all do that. If y'all enjoyed Larry Malachi Lowe's today, let me see some flame in the chat, man. I think it was a lot of value. Title 26 of the United States Code. Title 26 of the uh, fe- uh, federal uh, uh, regulations. Um, it, it's the whole IRX code. Uh, you can look at this shit. You can read it for yourself. Uh, I, I would suggest everybody take take a look at it. Uh, all the information is there on, on everything ab- about taxes and, and income and expenses and trusts and, and everything that we talked about. All of that is is there in, in Title Twenty Six. Repeat that one hey, more Lose. time. Hey, Lose, I know I was I, I know I was late to the party today, man. Did you guys talk about corporate structure as it relates to making sure the entity was set up properly? We sure didn't. Um, no, I, I typically go over that in, in detail on, on Fridays Friday. in my room. No, yeah, I, I I do that in detail. Okay, yeah, I'll just I'll just I'll just say this really quickly. Just you want to make sure that your company is set up properly. Uh, I listened to these guys today when I was when I was in here and those guys they know exactly what they're talking about and so um if you can't tap in with all right man I got a couple of coaching calls so let me say this quick if you can't tap in with them you can also tap in with me for the uh, individual tax returns be careful for those that do have LLC set up because once you reach a certain income uh that tax liability starts to increase and so uh I'm sure you can tap in with those but let me take this call man I, I appreciate y'all Appreciate your core. So, so when you look at the link uh, that Lowe's put in the chat to do self knowledge for yourself, and looking at those sections, go to Google and put in that section, and then put in case type case law behind it, because everything that the IRS does is supported by case law. All of this stuff eventually goes to court, and you want to read the relevant legal cases uh, that support the law. 
Yeah, you can do that in justia.com too. J U S T I A. Uh, you can just you can Google Justia Law, and you can search uh, all of that there also. Because that's that's important, right? Because you know, you know, people talk all this this tax code and, and this and that, but what happens when they went to court? What what was the ruling? Because because the case law is really what ends up setting the the law and setting the the way for all of this stuff. Same same reason why I don't drive, I don't use a driver's license because it's a hundred damn times that the, the U.S. Supreme Court stated that it wasn't necessary to have one to operate a motor vehicle. They do the same thing when people contest the IRS code when the IRS, when they say this was this audit was unjust or, or according to the IRS code this they take it to law. All of that stuff is in these uh, in the case law. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's very important, man. I'm definitely glad you said that because a lot of people uh, don't don't get that, and and that's where you're gonna get the understanding. This way, you're gonna get to understand how it was filed, what the argument was, and so forth. All the clarity come in the case law. Yeah, the the, the code is debatable. Uh, case law is what the service relies on. So anytime you see an adjustment or somebody something from an IRS agent, it's gonna have relevant case law that they rely on behind it. So it all de- depends on. What happens in court, even if you, the IRS says you owe money and you don't agree, you can ultimately at the end of the day tell them, I don't agree with what you're saying and I'm going to appeal it. But it also, it, you got to appeal it in the court system. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, man, make sure y'all click the link at the top of the room. Pull up in Miami. It's going to be a family event. It's going to be a lot of value, a lot of networking. Hey, I think, uh, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, man. I think this is the place to be, man. We're giving y'all so much value, man. That's multiple ways, multiple topics. It's like if you show up here every day, you implement just some of the things that resonate with you, be in a better place. That's a fact. Hey, you can know? I answer a question Antoinette just posted real quick? I think it's important. Yeah, go ahead. yeah you just asked, what can you do about property taxes? Uh, fight it all the way to the state level with a state arbitrator. Once it gets to the state arbitrator level, the district will try to call you to settle. Malachi, you you, you 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 want to share 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 um a win like that? You you talk about that? Yeah, I fought my property taxes for my house. I took it to the state level. Uh, they was telling me no. Once we got to the state arbitrator, they called and dropped it forty three percent. That's a, that's nice. That's that's a lot. You got a nice house over there, so I know them taxes was high. <laughs> you hear me, bro? Hey, man, they want it all. <laughs> Texas yeah. private tax is already high. Yeah, what? Texas Texas property tax, I think, is they, they're in the top. It's like number 15 the in the country. The motherfucker feel like you're paying an employee. Yeah, well, you know they do that because they do that because you don't have a state tax. You have tax. Texas, yeah. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. because you don't have state tax, they try to make it up in that property tax. But I agree with you saying and they, they definitely make it up. I'd rather, they definitely I'd rather make it state up. tax. Sure. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when when you fight it, you know, you got three levels. The first fight's going to be uh, with somebody that works for the agency. It's going to depend on who you get. Second level is going to be with an independent review board. I usually like to pick the review board with one person versus three because even on a three-member panel, they usually only do what one person is doing anyway. And if you don't agree with them, then you take it to the state arbitrator level. And then that's where they'll call you to negotiate a settlement. Appreciate that. So stand your grounds. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get some pushback the first time, the second time, man, third time a charm. So they try to they try to make you not do it. That's why yeah, they, they give you a lot that's, of pushback. That's the law though. That like, mm-hmm. even even with law, they, they always try you three times. 
two times and the third time you, you win. They, they oh, okay, all right. Well, you okay, you go ahead. Yes, and it's just about knowing the process. What Malachi just said, most people don't know that. Most people get intimidated um by that paperwork that comes but if you do know the process and you fight and you do you know go through the process he talked about oftentimes that tax is reduced and you win um and like lo said man people just got to educate themselves on the tax law many people are scared of the irs but the reality is if you know the tax law um and you get uh, proper representation you can you can beat a lot of that tax uh penalty as well so man they fear mongerers they, they just use fear of, of irs penalty in prison to to make your ass pay taxes man read the code man know what they can and can't do know what you can and can't do and, and stand on it man and, and i'm telling you man you're gonna be all right <laughs> man with that being said make sure you click the link at the top man we'll see you in miami we out here man it was a Great, phenomenal show, man. Yeah. Go back to when they walking in the club. Hey, the hey just so you know, B. While we in Miami, celebrate my birthday. Hey, man. Be that thousand on YouTube. Appreciate y'all. Hollow, let it bleed. Trying to convince me that you give a fuck about my needs. How you finna fix an issue y'all don't even see? You can miss me with them empty gestures. I do more to get by without it. I'm a living legend. You say you was right or die. I'ma need you by my side. Yeah. I've been living on the edge, just trying to get it together. Tell me, can you hold me down? Tell me, can you hold me down? Really use your presence, get mine in return. I know everything been hella hectic. But that body so angelic, pull it quick, make you forget things for a minute. Take it slowly when I'm in it, feel the flow, take all the tension that you pent up and expended. Don't pretend like you ain't worth way more than everything I got. You need to stop it. When I'm with you, it's no limitation. You playing games, give me attention, then you really face it. But I'm no better, I've been guarded. No, my rap sheet isn't flawless. Pull some slick shit, got you on my line, live it. I'm not careful with your feelings all the time, the way I should be. I need you to hold me down, I wanna drown in what we could be. I could be your safe space, you tug on my emotions while I'm giving you that gray day. Before we go another round, here come a fight, you rather melee. I could be your only fan, help me compose a new plan, I'm out of rope. Girl, I'm so sick of sleeping on each other. I found the pieces to my puzzle on the sheets. I bet our story be the best thing a nigga ever published. I wanna know you trust me, everything been going up But I ain't seen you in a minute, know the topic real touchy The grind real stressful, know you fine, but you special intertwined In my thoughts, the way I'm living in the moment 
It's hard to come correct before I know it. I'm outside, I'm in the flesh like I never left. You say you was try to die. I'ma need you by my side, yeah. I've been living on the edge, just trying to get it together. Tell me, can you hold me down? Tell me, can you hold me down? Look, boys, style's subjective. I'm gonna be honest with you. And there's so many different styles. You got dapper and business casual and casual and streetwear and techwear. Yo, the list goes on and on and on and on. And each category has like its rules kind of that you should stick to if you wanna look good with that aesthetic. However, however, there are certain style rules that just supersede all those style aesthetics and categories. Think of these like the law of the land. Everybody has to abide by these rules. Every guy that cares about how they look, no matter what style you have, needs to follow these style rules. Let's hop into it. Number one, always do your hair. This one's important. See, most guys don't understand that part of your style, it's your hair, your hairstyle, how you're styling your hair. And bedhead, it's just never acceptable. If you have a literal cowlick in the back of your head because you didn't do your hair that morning, it doesn't matter how expensive, how nicely put together, how good you combine outfits, you look out of whack. You look like you didn't even put out effort. So part of your style is taking care of your grooming and doing your hair is a must. Number two, your pants, they sit on your waist every single time. See, Either way you go, if they, if, if they sit lower, you look like a child, you look like immature. If they sit too high, you look like a granddad. In other words, neither or are ever gonna turn that girl you like on. What you're basically looking for are pants that sit right at the hip bone. That's where your pants should naturally sit. And pants should fit so well, whether you want that classic cut, whether you're looking for a skinny cut or a tailored cut, it doesn't matter. The waist, this is a rule every guy should follow. The waist should fit so good that the pants sit on your waist without the need of having to wear a belt. When you have that, you have the proper fit. Number three, your neckline should always be tight. See, whether it's a dress shirt, a button-up, a hoodie, or a crew neck like this, a sweater, a t-shirt, you always want this neckline to be nice and tight to hug the neck. Again, it doesn't matter if it's an oversized fit or a fitted fit. The neckline, it's that one area every man needs to follow. If the neckline's too wide, it no longer has that perfect oversized fit, and instead, it looks more like a borrowed fit, like from your older brother. For example, our new heavyweight t-shirt that we're dropping for essentials tomorrow, which actually, uh, yeah, pro members are going hard. Yeah, like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. They are going hard. Pro members always go hard, but today, today's a special occasion, boys. This is insane. See, every time we launch, we, we range about anywhere from 700,000 to a million people to hit the site between today and launch day. We're probably gonna break that goal. And the truth be told, I, like, I, I warned you. And the truth is, we're, we're spending so much on marketing that a lot of new customers are coming in, but my focus really is you guys. I want you guys to get first dips on everything. I wanna make sure you guys look good in your personal lives before anybody else hops in there. This is why I'm telling you, look, today pro members are already scavenging this stuff, but I want you to be there early, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, August 20th site, because I'm telling you, these sizes and styles are flying 
and I don't want you to miss it. This heavyweight t-shirt, this is a great example. And I zero it in into every single piece. This heavyweight tee is a box. It's tighter quality looking t-shirt. Stretch in perspective, your average t-shirt will be anywhere from three to five ounces. Ours is 14 ounces of pure cotton. I don't know, I mean, making it is that these feel for you boys because this is going to iPhone bundle the giveaway. So not only are you going to look good for back to school and fall in winter, yo, you're going to kill it too. Boys, put a reminder. I'm telling you this stuff tomorrow, it's going to fly. Number four, your glasses need to be wide enough to fit your face. Again, see this rule. I don't care if you're into hype beast style, dapper style. It doesn't matter. This rule applies to everybody because it's the way glasses fit on your face, no matter the design. The one size that needs to make sure it fits is the width. See, what you need to do is grab a tape measure. This is easy. And I want you to measure from temple to temple, the width of your head. Then you can go to any site online, any glasses, scroll down and you're looking for three numbers. That first number is the lens width. You're going to grab that number and multiply by two. The second number is the bridge width, which is the middle, that little bridge between both lenses. You're going to add that number at the end and that's going to give you the total length of the frame. Now you want to grab that length and make sure it matches the width of your temples. If it does, you have glasses that fit right. If it doesn't, you're just going to end up with tiny glasses and my dude, you're going to look like the matrix. Number five, if a garment's ever pulling, it's too tight for you, bro. See, this is a great test for everybody. And again, I don't care if you like fitted clothing or whatever. At the end of the day, if it's pulling from key areas like your chest, your back, your waist, your butt, or your thighs, you need to size up. You need to be real with yourself. You need to understand like, yo, hey, look, you, you gain weight and you got two options. Either A, you hit the gym, or B, you size up. Number six, never wear wrinkled clothes. See, again, I don't care if you got designer pieces or affordable pieces from Walmart. As soon as you put on something that's wrinkled, you've ruined everything. You already look like you didn't even try, especially if it's a casual outfit. If it's a casual outfit and it's wrinkled, you're just going to further push the narrative of everybody that sees you as if you just rolled out of bed and put zero effort in that morning and automatically people will judge you for that. And finally, number seven boys, never wear anything fake, especially jewelry. There is nothing tackier than wearing a face fake iced out chain that's really made out of plastic and bedazzled jewel. It just cheapens your outfit and to everybody else, it lowers your standard of mind. Like who are you really trying to impress and or fool? Jewelry is a powerful tool and I've, I push it so much to you guys because it's good. It makes you look good and it doesn't need to be expensive. You can get affordable stuff like stainless steel that'll cost you 30 to 40 bucks that makes you look good but doesn't push a false narrative that is meant to impress others because when people actually realize that it's fake, it just cheapens the fit, bro. And that's basically it for this week's video, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to drop us a like down below. Also, boys, don't forget to- I'm going to be spending the next month creating the first part of my live action Obito video. And yeah, I already made one in the past, but I kind of wanted to do it again, but a lot better. And adding multiple parts of his life, since he is my favorite character in Naruto. Okay, so the first part I'm doing is War Obito. These are the eras in Obito's life that I'm going to recreate. Obito's rage scene, fighting Minato, fighting Conan, War Obito, and his death. And as of right now, I'm starting off with War Obito. I didn't plan it. Since I have a tendency to overthink a lot, I decided to just put on my costume and go outside with my camera and just kind of do random movements until I thought I had something, which probably wasn't the best idea considering the fact that I had to refilm twice to make it make sense. 
So here's the concept I came up with. So I have an establishing, so I have an establishing, so I have an establishing shot of Obito, and then he does his signature Uchiha split kick. And then it just goes into a fight sequence, and then he does a couple jutsus. So he does his fireball jutsu, and please don't say anything about the fire going through the mask. I, I know. Kakashi does it all the time, and Obito does it in the games. And then he ends off with a wood-style jutsu. So, jumping right into making the environment. Since I already made a video like this last year, I kind of already knew what to do. All I had to do was just put a bunch of rocks together using Megascan assets, and then I had my environment. And now that I have my environment and most of my scenes filled, I decided to start working on the first opening shot. The first thing I noticed when I was making this shot is that the shot is a close-up. And in my last video, every close-up that I had, I only had one. I had scratches on the mask because, you know, he's in war and his mask wouldn't be completely clean. So what I had to do is just track my head in Blender and then put some scratch marks on it in post. Then obviously rendered out my scene, did some compositing, and before you know it, the shot was done. Holy moly. Now let's start getting into the cooler scenes. And because of the way I filmed my footage, once I brought it into Blender, I had to 3D camera track the scene. And I ran into some small problems when tracking these scenes. But after some time, I finally got it to work. And now my scene is tracked and I'm ready to move on to rendering. And since I'm not really that flexible, I couldn't really do a full split in the air. And for some reason, every Uchiha starter pack comes with a perfect split. I'll share a little cool trick with you. I used the liquify effect to reposition my legs into a perfect split and reset it once my body hits the ground so my body doesn't become warped. So now, check out my split. And as I was working, I soon realized that I never filmed the plates of the ninjas. Who am I fighting? Who am I looking at in this video? And it was annoying because every single time I wanted to refilm, the weather was just not on my side. I'd wake up and it's cloudy outside. I'd wake up and it's raining outside. And then I'd wake up and it's finally sunny. But then I don't have time to film because I'm doing other work. But finally, I had a perfect day to film, so I put on some what I thought random shinobi would be wearing, and I acted like I was just getting hit outside, and it looked a little awkward, but I, I made it work. And I literally have PTSD from doing this last time because I was in six costumes and I did it all in one take and I had to change out of each costume and I was really tired and it was the worst thing ever. But now that I have my footage, I can rotoscope each ones I wanted to do and then drop it into the shots. We all know I like to do a lot of dashing shots and I didn't really want to do the classic zigzag anymore, at least not for this video. So I decided to just keep filming random plates of me doing weird movements. And once you have the footage all cut out, you can basically have all the camera movement you want as long as the camera is facing in the right direction. In my case, I was able to keep the camera animating backwards in a straight line. So all I had to do was place my clips in each spot I wanted them to be. So it looks like I'm just dashing all over the scene. 
Usually when doing a dash shot, basically what you want to do is once you have your camera set up, what you stand like semi in the middle of the frame and move from one place to another. And in then post, you can either speed that up or animate yourself going from one place to the next. And if you want like a cool eye shot, like I did in my Sasuke video, Shinobi! be sure to watch that if you haven't. All you have to do is just take some hyper close-ups of your eye. And once you have that, you can simply cut every single part together and then you have something like this. And as I continued working on one of the action sequences, I thought of a really cool idea of Obito throwing an explosive kunai towards the camera. But I realized I didn't film any movements of Obito throwing the kunai. And I knew I did not have time to keep refilming because I needed to get this out because I haven't posted in, you know, six years. But then I thought, hey, you, you made an Obito video last year. You have old footage of you throwing the kunai. So I just went ahead and took my old footage and used it in the new shot. Now for the jutsu shots. So you know, same old process. I cut myself out, 3D camera tracked the scene, and then did some compositing. Done. And cool thing, for the wood style shot, all I did was use Megascan tree branch assets and went into Blender and used curves to kind of align the curves towards the camera. And then once I parented the trees to the curves, I animated the trees going upwards so they follow the path to the curve, which makes this kind of a cool tree branch effect. I definitely think that this video is a huge improvement from the one last year. So let me know your thoughts in the comments. Now, after some more compositing, sound design, and contemplating life, here's part one of Obito's life. here and now. Daytona Beach, all the way up to Jacksonville. This moves 20 miles to the west, and you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. Today, I'm going to create a full, complete, realistic game cinematic with animation, two characters, and a realistic look. Did I mention I'm going to do this with no money? So first, I hired a very good actress to be the main character. The actress is me. Anyways, the costume was actually pretty good, and a friend of mine created it for me, but for some reason, it wasn't looking like the character. I, I don't know why, honestly. Oh, I know what it is. It's the smoke. I don't have smoke in the shot. So with that problem fixed, I just need to record some shots of me doing some movements. And it was done. Looks good, right? I just need to tighten my waist a little bit and it works, okay? 
it's this is good enough. I'm gonna recreate it in 3D and animate it afterwards. Okay. For the 3D, I started by scanning my face, and I actually was my mom. And this was the result. Yeah, I guess good enough for now. And to help me finish the rest of the body, a friend of mine helped me creating a perfect, true to life version of my body in 3D. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't, I don't. Thanks, man. And while he works on the body, I'm gonna make the costume. For that, I will start with the extracted model from the game. I just upscaled the textures from the game, then I subdivided the model, then I created some more stuff on the texture, so it had more imperfections, until they are ready to envelop my body. The pros are, it actually looks pretty realistic and close to the real life version, and the cons are, it actually looks pretty realistic and close to the real life version. And that has to look less like me. That's why I love 3D. You can make me look exactly like you want. This is exactly how I look in real life. Or even transform me into a female version of myself that actually looks good and with makeup. The Raiden Shogun model now is ready. The hair not so much, but the rest is good enough for now. Wow, Jadix, this looks so pretty. This looks so awesome. You look so cute. Stop. This is basically my 3D twin sister we are talking about here. Respect her. And now I have to make her move, which is my worst nightmare because I don't know how to animate. Hey Dollary, can you please help me doing a 2D animatic for me to use as reference for the 3D animation? Yeah, man, no problem.